0: And how long would it take you to get to, uh, uh, your next country over is Sweden, correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: And how far are you from Sweden?
2: About, uh, 30, 35 minutes.
0: Gotcha. So that's pretty cool. Is it, is it, can you just drive across the border?
2: Yeah, I can. Uh, we often go there for shopping, you know, uh, vacations, little fishing trips and stuff like that.
0: Oh, you get those little Swedish fish.
2: Yeah, the the goldfish, you know. They are uh, awesome in Sweden.
0: <laughs> in America, Swedish <laughs> fish are these little red, gummy-tasting, uh, over-sugared fish that we eat. They're candy. Is that the same thing you're talking about?
2: Oh, yeah. They come in a... A little bag, you know, a little blue bag, and it says goldfish.
0: Ah, I got you. We just call ours the Swedish fish. Swedish fish. Three, two, one,
2: zero.
0: You're listening to the Knives Templars.
3: Get ready, y'all. We've to Bobby Boucher. (laughs) (laughs) I got a piece off of the wagon that Sam Houston used to take JFK to the moon.
0: Pinto sauce. <laughs> I like that. Pinto sauce. <laughs> pinto sauce. You're tuned in to the Knives Templars podcast featuring Odyssey Special Sauce Pinto.
4: I was, I was a mean kid.
0: Long time listener. First time caller. Eric T.R.E. Rivers.
4: Holy crap, i built something.
0: On the train Watson.
5: I can pay off all my credit cards and be junk
2: credit line at funny.
0: Joey the Ryan Terrier.
2: Cochon de lay. will make you smack your lips. can anyone getting too close to your plate?
6: Mark the salad. You drinking my soupy.
0: And chip Shegman Carlisle. And now broadcasting alive, it's the Knives Templars, coming to you live from Porkhouse Studios located in Arsenal, Alabama, and other U.S. locations. This is the Knives Templars Podcast. We are the coolest knife making podcast on the planet, and we are downloaded around this big blue marble in over 24 countries. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide in all of your favorite apps and at Knivestemplars.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Knives Templar. Here we are at season four. Can you believe it's season four?
5: Season four. Oh, every
0: wow. every no, every ten episodes is a new season. That's when I when I was you know all young and new in this and looking it up and when you should do it. I just read something that says oh about every ten. So I figured rather than annually we would just about every ten because being a uh, you know I watched the um, Walking Dead till it got stupid and like. Every six or nine episodes, it was a new season for them. So I'm like, I'm going with that. I'm going with that. But can you believe that we are here 31, 31 episodes later? Man, oh, that's, that's
6: crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. Can
0: you guys you believe you're here with me? You haven't gotten rid of me after 31 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why I've that's why I've kept the keys to the truck so to speak. Uh you you need to ride home, so <laughs> I've got the keys. Well guys, uh, oh, welcome to the knives templar. You know, hey, it's a new season, new episode. Uh, And again, I'm going to tell you, like I do every time, we are the best podcast made to teach rising and established makers like you guys out there in internet, the interweb land, uh, how to pave your way into knife making as a hobby, and even some of you as a business. Um, I just found out we can now be heard in over 30 countries. We just took a big rise. And I've got to change your your advertisement because I think you're well past the 22 or 27 subscribers, Eric Rivers on the Rivers Experience. Uh, yeah. I think you're, you're pushing like 35 or more now? Almost 36. Ooh. My goodness, my wow. goodness. It's come a long way. Man. So, you. hey guys, we want to thank you for your listenership uh, by helping to make us the best rising podcast out there. Uh, certainly the best one on the planet, the best one rising out there in this solar system that I know of. I don't know of any other... Uh, podcast in the solar system that's climbing like we are. What I do want you guys to know uh, out there, if you're listening on any uh, uh, podcast provider, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, on your computers or wherever, be sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you're out there on Apple, please go in and leave us uh, some feedback, good or bad. Um, because we can put a good twist even on the ones where you say that, uh, I talk too much and, uh, and cut people off. So it's, it's all good. We, we learn from that guys. Uh, I asked, like I did last time, you've been out to knives, templars.com in the last couple of weeks. I tried today. We, we have some new, uh, Templars nation. We're growing as a nation. We have some new knives, Templar nation, uh, uh partners out there so if you go out there on the templars nation page you'll see we've got our first international our international partner great knife maker out of sweden and i'll talk about that a little bit later and uh also if you go out there i am so very excited to tell you talking with kevin over to maribraid this week you know what he did for us what do he do what do he do what do he do if you go to Ameribraid, and you order one of their three packages, they're going to give it to you for free shipping and $100 off.
5: That's good. Real good deal. Can you awesome. beat that? Real yeah. good.
0: And they're going to yeah. do it this year through June the 30th. So we've extended out through June the 30th. So if you are at Blade Show coming up, we need to make sure that you head out uh, and see them while you're there and go ahead and put your order in for your machine then. So there you go. There you go. Hey, did Otisir Pinto leave the, leave the building? Hey, I God, think he said he man. dropped. My goodness. You know, he could be on a because I know he's using one of those other uh, he's using one of those other uh, grinders out there. So he's kind of, might've heard that and popped off and went to Ameribraid to take advantage of the, the, the savings, but you don't have to rush guys through June the 30th, get a hundred dollars off a machine, go to Ameribraid.com. Is
2: is that just uh, grinder packages or is that on accessories too? That's
0: on your grinder packages right yeah. now, but Hey, who knows where we'll grow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be meeting with uh, Kevin and, and the guys over there uh, at blade show myself. So uh, who knows what will happen because they are some of the nicest guys in the world. Always willing to reach out yes, and help they are. people. Yes, yeah, they, they are great. Eric and they Kevin are. are super guys. Yeah. So if you go to knivestemplar.com, you'll be able to see that information as well. Also, if you want to sign up to be a Knives Templar Nation member and have your have your brand recognized out there on the interweb, uh, I would like for you to just click on the uh uh, message box on the knives templar nation page and say hey this is me this is my website or my instagram or my facebook page and i'd like to send you a picture of myself so we can put you out there and say take a look at my knives too because it doesn't matter who you are what your budget is or this that and the other we have an avenue even beyond facebook and instagram to get you get you seen out there so anybody hungry Oh no, I don't no,
6: eat. Before. No, no, I, I, yeah, I ate before today. What,
0: what are you talking <laughs> about? I mean, here we are. It's uh, I, I go through the menu every week. You know that I'm gonna, I'm gonna give oh. you guys the menu. Oh, yeah. oh okay. you've already eaten. I know. We're, we're hungry
6: for the menu. We're oh, okay.
0: Menu. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you real quick, <laughs> Don. What'd you, what'd you eat? What'd you eat? Man, what did
5: I eat? Man, I can't remember, brother. I ate about four o'clock today. Well,
0: it was good. <laughs>
5: You look, you look well. You look well nourished in your in that's your shirt. Right.
0: There, your new white shirt. Oh, I Mark, had to bring it out, baby. Oh, you yeah. look good. Mm.
6: Yeah, Thanks. Mark. Uh, you, what'd, you for, what'd you eat for your What'd What'd you eat, Mark? I had a little bit of uh, leftover pasta with some Italian sausage in it. Oh, that
0: I love Italian sausage and pasta. Yeah. Eric Rivers.
4: Uh, almost the same. I cooked up some some tortellini and uh, grilled some steak. And had that for for dinner. Going, I, I knew it was going into this, so I figured I'd whip something up real quick.
0: <laughs> let 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 me guess. It was uh, two pounds of steak that you put in a, a quarter cup of pasta, right? No,
4: no, it was more than two pounds. <laughs>
0: yeah. I've never. I've no. How much was your portion? Oh, more than two pounds. I've never seen a guy eat there. There, if cows ever. Uh, are endangered species. I'm telling you, it's Eric Rivers. It's Eric Rivers. I've I've never
3: seen my, a guy eat such, my, such... Mine was a pound and a half.
4: There okay. you go.
0: There you go. About, what I
3: had. Yeah. about a pound, about yeah. and a half. Yeah.
0: What, what kind of roadkill did you eat down there in Louisiana, brother?
2: I had, let's see, on the way back home, I got a I got a link of boudin. Ooh. Oh, nice. And oh, then man. I got some uh, gratons with that, some pork cracklings. What's a graton? It's a uh, French for crackling. Oh, is it? Um, it? Josh Josh
0: Howard made some of those uh, uh, in his cook pot out at Batson's, and I ate them for the not the first time I had them. It's the first time I've you know had them in a long time. They were delicious. So
2: I can I can definitely my mouth's watering thinking about it. Yep, they're good. Uh, and then I got home and I ate an uh, egg sandwich. And, You're uh, really uh, into man. those egg sandwiches, aren't you? I, Yeah, dude. I grew up on egg sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. I did Me too. too I haven't had them in years, though.
0: Yeah. I haven't had them in years. So, Otis here, he's back with us. Did you go to Ameribraid and get one of the mastery packages or the getting started package for $100 off by putting in Templars 100, Otis here, while you were away? Uh no, I did not. I'm sorry <laughs> all right well, if you need some help if you need some help deciding, I'll walk you up to the Ameribraid counter uh when we are you coming to Blade show, otis here? It is on the plans uh hopefully yeah i'm I'm about ninety nine percent sure very good well i will uh I'll walk you right up there to see Kevin and the guys. so Otis here, what was for dinner tonight? Um,
1: I had some uh spicy uh sausage. Uh, pepperoni, eggs, and uh, turkey, ham, and
0: wings. That's so I had wh- a hearty. <laughs> <Do> you- <laughs> That's a
2: platter of food. <laughs> <It laughs> Holy is. cow!
0: Were you at a Brazilian barbecue?
2: No,
1: I was hungry. That's <laughs> all. So- a
0: lot
4: yeah. of protein, a yes, whole yes, lot yes. of protein.
2: I said, "No, nah, I was hungry." <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: the grand the, so everybody knows it's it's uh, you know we start recording about seven seven p.m. So uh, we've all all had dinner. So it was just some uh, uh, homemade pancake batter, pancakes and uh, uh, thick cut baking bacon and some scrambled eggs and some strawberries but, and bananas because the grandkids that's what they wanted. So well no,
1: you know what good. what I've been doing lately. is, Having a a huge breakfast full of protein, usually a, a a huge chunk of steak or some venison, and then I'll eat again at night when I come home. Ah, so, so yeah, yeah, about the same twice a day.
0: What do you eat when you're at the shop, failing cars?
1: Uh, nothing much. I mean, just water, maybe a uh, extra strong coffee. Yeah, but uh,
0: yeah. Well, you gotta you gotta keep your strength up while you're there. So, coffee will do that for you. I bet it does. I bet it does. Well, guys, we talked about that menu tonight, and um, we are going to have a different kind of. We're not going to have a brew review tonight. Nope. I got a, I got something else for you here. All right, but because to call it a brew review would be wrong, and then. We've got some useful news. I know Joe, Joey's got some news uh, coming out of Louisiana area he's going to talk to us about. I've got some feedback from Sweden, the, Shweed, oh Swedish, the Swedish fish. The Swedish fish. Do y'all ever eat Swedish fish?
4: Yeah, my, it. my, little, yeah, my wife's favorite thing. Yeah. There
0: you go. My little girl loves it. It's them. all right. The Swedish fish. You like the the Brazilian panther bites, the little black licorice panthers? Nah. Nah. Um, <laughs> nah, even, even better, even better. We're getting requests for t-shirts. We'll talk about that. Pops makers, Mark, man, I have got, how did I get so lucky? I mean, there's people with no talent and lots of luck. And I have, sometimes you're just in the right places at the right time. And I went down to Batson's and I met, forged and fire champions that live around me. I met, uh, my new best friend that sold me a, um, anvil. I don't know if he knows he's my best friend, but I, I, I care about him forever. <laughs> and, uh, I've got a story will, about sir. that. I got a story about that, but we've got to, I'll come back to that in a second. Um, and, uh, we've got, uh, Josh Ferran on here with us, Forged fortune fire champion. We're going oh, to talk yeah, to him a little like bit him, later. Gosh. Josh, you can say hello.
7: <laughs> hey, how's it going?
0: <laughs> there you go, there you go, and uh, um, and th- yes, yes, he wanted to say something else.
7: Hello? I'm good. I just got a bit no, of a delay. Fine. Sorry yes, about that.
0: Yes, Otis here. That's all right. We'll wait on it. We'll wait on it. Go ahead, Otis here. Uh, if I happen
1: to go mute here for a little bit, it's uh, my wife is coming in, so.
0: Just an FYI. I saw that you had taken some Imodium earlier in the day on Facebook. You were talking about it. So we understand. So, yeah. So, you know, when it hits you, just just get up and leave because we've got video here and we don't want to see it. Those are white walls. You've got a white shirt on and those are white walls behind you. (laughs) Don't pull my finger. Hey, Um, come on, man. You know, Jason Fry's back with us tonight with some knife yeah. tips. I can't wait to meet Jason oh, yes. over at blade show. Mm-hmm. Guy's got some great tips and, and he's just becoming he, a really he, nice friend of mine. I enjoy him.
5: I, I enjoy listening to his tips. I do too. I always learn something when I hear yep. that. Got some, yeah, his, uh,
4: his stuff was cool. I saw it at blade show, Texas.
0: Yeah. Show off. <laughs> I got to go to Blade Shows. <laughs> hey, um, eric you know, got his little finger up there. I, I go to all the Blade Shows. Um, all of them. Eric, you're a cool dude. Uh, I only make fun of you because I'm jealous. Uh, we got some questions, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the week, to head, week ahead. But I tell you what, uh, I do want to tell you real quick, what a small knife-making world it is. So um, I go down to Batson's where I meet Josh. And while I'm there, um, I eat some cracklings, Joey, mm-hmm. and some great barbecue. And I run into, uh, James McClendon from the Tuscaloosa area. Who's been on the show. Uh, I meet, uh, the, uh, all these folks from Facebook, uh, tire hammer makers, um, folks from the Alabama forge council, uh, just really cool people from all over. And then somebody says, this guy's got a Swedish anvil over here, a Swedish. I like to say (laughs) Swedish, Swedish. But the guy's got a Swedish anvil. And um, we went over and he had a ball bearing so I could bounce it. I was like, you got a ball bearing? He goes, yeah, I got a ball bearing. He had a whole box full of ball bearings. And I think he was selling them. I should have bought one. And um, I bounced the ball bearing and by gosh, it came way back up in the air and it went ting. And I said, sir, I'd like to buy that from you and we, we did a deal. And then I come back to town and I get my, um, anvil all set up and I make a knife and this, that, and the other. And I'm at work talking to my friend, Becky, I've known her for 15 years. And I'm like, uh, you know, there's this guy that lives up in Ardmore and, uh, he, uh, um, he's helping to start the Alabama custom knife makers guild, or he's leading the effort really. And, uh, with Josh Howard and, uh, it's really taken off. And I said, Becky, see if you can get your, uh, uh, get your husband, Dan to come because Dan is a great knife maker himself. And he's just backed off of some knife making. And, um, and Becky Patrick says, Oh, you mean Greg Graham, Gary Graham, excuse me, Gary Graham. And I said, uh, yeah, she goes, Oh, he and Dan used to fly helicopters together in the military. They've known each other for blah, blah, you know, a million years. And I come to find out that, that this guy's like, they are like the coolest military guys with the coolest experience. And my, uh, appreciation or awe factor for Gary Graham, just like went up like, you know, 3000% for two reasons. Number one, Dan Patrick, uh, is one heck of a great knife maker and blacksmith, just a great artist all around and good man, Uh, he, his wife, Becky, they're just good, good, good people. And the fact that, uh, Becky gave him two thumbs up and a, and a twist and a, what was that on the old show? Living color, two snaps and a twist or whatever. Uh, but, but she just, she, she spoke highly of his character and I was like, yeah, that's, that's the guy I know. So what a small world it is. So, um, I don't know. I just find that an interesting conversation. It is a small world, isn't it? Yeah. And then I met Josh Veran. So hey uh you guys ready for a brew review We're ready well you know the drill guys what are we there goes mark hey Mark's drinking something mm-hmm.
6: what's that amber bottle there mark uh, this is Sierra Nevada pale ale Sierra Nevada
0: pale ale
6: that's right and and it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's a little bit less, uh, you know, it's not like a, a, a high bitter IPA. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty good beer.
0: You're really into those IPAs, aren't
6: you? I do. I, I like them now. You know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, when I first started drinking beer, I, I would have never touched one, but, uh, you know, I think over, uh, over time, it's one of those acquired tastes. Now, now I love them.
0: Do you have a members only jacket and Bass Weegians that you wear with while you're drinking those? Oh yeah! Doesn't everybody? Uh, there you go. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> huh? Well, Josh, you were holding up a beer, and since we're on delay, we'll wait for the answer, Josh. Yeah. yeah what, so is, what are thou drinking tonight? I've
7: got the uh, Sweetwater Yellow Can IPA. It's like my go-to. There are a lot of good IPAs out there, and there are a lot uh, of bad ones. Nice. And this is a uh, this is a very easy drinking one.
0: At least you guys are getting your vitamin C. <laughs> well, Don, go ahead and tell us. We know what you're drinking, but go right ahead.
5: Cacao, baby. Creole brew. Like and chocolate. where do they
0: where do they get the cow-cow
5: from, John? Don? <laughs> John? South, Don? They get it from South America, where the um, chocolate bean, where the chocolate um, grows.
0: And that's Cocoa after beans. the... After the bats eat it and they spread that, the that's
5: exactly right you're guano, right. then
0: they ground the cow-cow up oh,
1: you're and have a sip on that one. Mm. For, no, sure. No, no, for sure, no, 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 you're thinking about something else.
5: I think he is too. <laughs> we just rolling thinking
1: in. about something else, my friend. Uh, you know, the um, cacao is cacao. Yes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you if you know how that. You know, it's a big pod. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like a football shape with some kind of uh, dips in, on the sides. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have the seeds inside. It has a very mild, sweetie taste kind of uh, skin around the seed. But it kind of looks like a, a big old bean, but an inch long, each each seed. Right. And, um, you know, that's, that's I used to have it in my yard.
5: I bet. That's why I mentioned South America down there. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Hey Eric Rivers. Yep. It's not on my resume, but I've made <laughs> I, I've I, I've made chocolate from the cocoa pod before, just so you know. Oh, oh yeah.
5: I put it on the
4: resume. Yeah,
5: I would too. I wouldn't waste <laughs> at,
1: at, at this point Chip has a resume like uh, you know as now he's got oh, an autobiography. God. Yep, yeah. there you go. You guys,
0: you guys have beautiful resumes too. Write a um, book,
1: and uh, when you go for a new job, you just say, here. That's my
3: resume. So- if I
0: ever want to go to job for, I get a job at the Candy Kitchen at the coast. I'll be sure and put that one on there
3: <laughs> for sure.
0: Uh, Eric, uh, looks like we're drinking uh, Bud Light tonight. We thought, but it was actually <laughs> a.
4: It's definitely a Pepsi. Uh, Are you sure
0: that's not one of those wrappers around a Bud Light can to make it look like a Pepsi? Okay. we Well, okay. It's a Pepsi. (laughs) It's a Pepsi.
4: The funny thing is I didn't drink Bud Light even
2: before that. That stuff's garbage. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: Did y'all see the new beer coming out of Lawrenceville, Georgia? It's called Bud. It's called Bud Wright. Everybody look it up on your phones right now. It's called, no, excuse me. It's called, uh,
4: I hope this is a thing.
0: No, it's called something right. Um, hey, somebody look it up on your phone real quick. Look up Bud Wright or Beer Beer Wright or something like that. But it's got a cool name.
4: No, I'll there bl- is actually a thing called Bud, comma Wright, by Trim Bag or Trim Tab Brewing Company.
0: Is that out of that Lawrenceville, Georgia? Is funny. Yeah, Trim Tab uh, isn't that in let's Birmingham? See. Let's see. Okay, we got to find her here. Anyway, right? Yeah, because when I first saw it, I thought it was like a Michelob Ultra can, but it's got this red line that says "Right." Emma. Okay, Alabama. there's another one coming out of Lawrenceville, Georgia, called something Right, but it's it's yeah. like Bud Right, uh, yeah, but is. they it's is it Bud Right? Oh, that's it. Ultra Right. Ultra Right. Yeah, that's why I thought it was a. Um, uh, uh, Miclobe Ultra. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Well, that's rebranding awfully cool and just opposite. But, uh, yeah, then I saw it was a guy in Lawrenceville, which is right near where, uh, I have to travel at times. So I'm going to have to pick me up a case of, uh, Ultra Right. And the other one's called Bud Right out of Alabama. Yep. May have to, as long as it's not an IPA, may have to do a review on that. I'm just, I've done enough IPAs. Right,
2: right. Jo- Joey, yeah, man. What's what's right in your glass tonight? Well, I got my Heisenberg cup again, and uh, only tonight, only tonight I got a bottle of, uh, you ready for this, Chip? I'm ready. Some Maker's Mark Ooh. number 46 Ooh. French <laughs> Oat. Ooh.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And that tastes smooth? Buttery smooth.
0: I bet. I bet. I have
2: Matter of fact, I need yeah. to slow down. That's a good bottle.
0: <laughs> it, 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 isn't, isn't it amazing oh, right. how sometimes, you know, uh, I'm not one that drinks in excess. It's amazing sometimes you get into that and it becomes really smooth all of a sudden. It's mm-hmm. like you're drinking water and you got to yep. be careful. Yep. Then you Notice have to have somebody
2: carry you to the bathroom. <laughs>
5: Mama has to come
2: carry you to bed. Now. <laughs> if y'all just see me like, disappear out of the camera's view, <laughs> y'all know why. <laughs> Otis here, I
0: see you're holding a bottle of uh, Black Panther Pilsner tonight.
2: Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's alright.
0: What what you drinking, Otis here?
1: Uh, the usual.
0: Corona. Corona?
1: Yeah, I am, um not a big old drinker, right? I tasted several different ones, uh, you know. And this is the one that kind of agrees with what I think a beer should taste like at least. Uh I you know, the other ones, you know, some are sweet. Like some are, have their... different some have different smells and oranges and peaches and whatever. No man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another one of them citrusy though. I'm yeah, no, I, I didn't
1: like it. Somebody brought a, a a case of I don't know what it was, some home brew or whatever. And okay. it's like, man, what what is this stuff, man?
4: <laughs> so do you drink your corona just straight up corona or do you add anything to it straight up okay
0: yeah well bless your heart bless you know your heart. i'm
1: not a drinker anyway so when i do and usually for the uh just so when i'm sitting here for two hours in the cast and my throat don't dries too much just a you know one bottle what, that's it
0: what's your whistle Wet your whistle hey Any you know reason. I don't, want, I don't want the brew review to sound as if we are, uh, you know, using beer and liquor as hydration. This is just that time of the week where, hey, like you said, <laughs> just something to sit back and relax and talk for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's what it's all about. Well, I've got an interesting, I'm sitting here drinking a Coke Zero and the reason i'm drinking a coke zero is because i haven't had one in several days because my wife said they went up a dollar a 12 pack and she just magically quit buying them and i ran out so um, we had a discussion this morning and i think i won she said just do what you're going to do anyway
3: <laughs> you didn't win Oh my! No, nope. you didn't win. No, awesome. Yeah, I didn't win,
0: buddy. I, I, I went and bought the groceries today, and uh, I ended up with a couple cases of Coke. no sugar. Um, so I don't I don't know if I've won or not. But here, I don't have a brew review tonight, and it's not because I'm drinking this Coke. I have a liquor review. I have a liquor dist- review. A distiller <laughs> review. I do. And, uh, guys, uh, you know, after I had some of that lemon hooch a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, I remember the old days drinking little hooch in North Carolina. So I went out and bought me a Mason jar of, uh, legal liquor and it's called old smoky 100 mm. proof moonshine. It's the original brand. Yeah. You can't pour it from the jar. You got to drink it from the jar. Cause if you try to pour it from the jar, it splashes all over everything. Yep. Y'all familiar with this, this, this drink? I am. All right. Well, we'll get your comments here in a second. Cause I want to hear them. Let me tell you about original moonshine from old Smokey. The distiller says legal, just barely Harkening back to its homegrown roots. Old Smokey 100 proof moonshine is made with the same renegade attitude as its forefathers. Our hundred year old recipe produces a white whiskey as smooth and bright as a promise of a Saturday night when anything can happen and likely will. Every shot, swig, slug of old smoky original moonshine is highly drinkable and hardly pretentious. Don't just start your night, fire it up. What you got there, Otis here?
1: (laughs) Well, this one here, my friend, is called the uh, Cachaca. Made in Brazil, with yeah. sugar cane. And is uh, very high proof. So, and has a little bit of a sweetness to it. Yeah. And it will take you down really quick.
0: Well, that's wonderful. So, this
1: is basically uh, what you gringos call rum. Yeah. Just uh, the uh, Brazilian variety, right?
5: Oh, okay.
0: Well... Congratulations. Take you a swig nice. of that. No, I don't no, think no. You've no, even no. cracked yeah, the seal yeah. on that yet. He's protecting yeah, that bottle. Yeah, look look at it. It's still sealed. <laughs> the shipping uh, is too much right. money. So so let me let me thoughts. tell you. Let me tell you about how I feel. And I want to start it off. I'm not sure if this will do right or not. This was my first drink of Old Smoky. I'm going to play you some audio here. that's how it went that's how it went I'm not sure if you guys could see the I'm not sure if you guys could see the video on that I'll have to send it to you but uh you may have seen it I may have sent it to you but uh yeah that was it (coughs) It got me anyway let me tell you this yeah uh this ain't the bud light or whatever the drinking Anheuser bush uh did to change my dna and chromosomes last time this fire water put it back. My manhood was back. This 100 proof shine is maybe like your grandpappy made it. I have tales of my family members in North Carolina mountains running jugs, uh, during the old days I did. I've, I've, my dad tells something about some uncle Arlie that used to run it across the mountains and about some cousin that disappeared. And I don't know if it's just one of my dad's stories or not. He tells a lot of good stories, but, um, Supposedly, you know, uh, NASCAR and all that came out of them boys running liquor across the mountains up there. And uh, not the only place liquor was made, but it was popular up there in North Carolina mountains. But um, I read it and it said this liquid uh, is from a mix of 80% corn mash and some super secret ingredients. The original moonshine that I had uh, is clear and bold flavored. It's not any of the blue stuff or stuff with pickles or cherries or whatever. I just got the clear. Um, And uh, it was bold flavored without the risk, certainly without the risk of going blind or being poisoned, of course. But I can definitely see how it has a back in the day moonshine kick to it. And as you heard, but I've had stronger moonshine with better flavor. I definitely, it definitely gives you a kick and, uh, it tightens your throat when you swallow, as you heard. Uh, if moonshine is done right though, I think it actually should have, uh, a sweet fresh corn taste. This certainly does, does not matter of fact, some people I've gave it, gave it to, to test it just straight, uh, took a little swig. They pulled themselves a nice little glass of it, took a little swig and they sat there with the rest of that glass till I told them they could pour it out. um, so uh, this container's made from drinking from. You don't pour from it. It's going to splash all over the place. And, you know, I've never had this before. And I can't say I never will again. I think it was money wasted. I uh, tried it uh, neat and nope. It needs to be uh, mixed. Uh, it's so bad I'm not even sure you can cover up that bad flavor. But I will look for some recipes for what I've still got to see what I can do. So I'm going to give this a rating of one corn kernel rather than one hop. <laughs> and it's time really to go find some Kentucky bourbon and quit drinking this acidic acrylic firewater, turpentine. Carousel. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe, maybe I should mix those some machino cherries in it or some lemonade or something. I haven't gotten rid of it because it was $30 for a bottle. It's at least worth pouring a glass for people to watch them <laughs> gag when I, watch them drink it and then sit there and hold the glass. Cause they're ashamed to pour it out.
2: You need to, you need to try some of the uh, flavored ones. They make a apple pie. Yeah. They make yep. one with cherries. Add, uh, I even had their cri- around Christmas. I think, uh, some it's called shine shine nog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They that. make a, they make a peppermint, um, Their their flavored ones are pretty good. Um, Yeah. I actually visited, the the reason I know about it, I visited in uh, Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. Uh, They have a barrel house and a a barn, old smoky barn. Right. And uh, it's really cool. And uh, when you go on the tours, uh, there's like free alcohol, (laughs) free moonshine (laughs) throughout the whole tour. So like you get pretty lit. By the time Uh, you're in this store.
0: (laughs) You ought to have to travel. When I travel to see my son in Lexington, Kentucky. We have to take, uh, like 80 miles on the Kentucky bourbon trail. Yeah. So I can imagine. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I think you probably can mix it with something. Um, I, I had some popcorn Sutton's and as y'all may know, popcorn Sutton, he killed himself back in 2009 rather than Mm -hmm. go to prison. Uh, he's one of the original, uh, uh, one of the last real moonshine makers. Uh, I'm not talking about guys that are still out there doing it in the backwoods these days or home brewers or stuff that are doing it. Cause it's illegal. <laughs> it's illegal. Um, I'm not saying it should be, but it just
2: is. Well, and go ahead. Actually it's, you can, yeah, you can make it for yourself. You just sure can't, you yeah, you just can't distribute it. Watch I'm your state laws there because
0: I sat yeah. and looked it up And I, I, uh, I saw that in, uh, 47 states, it's illegal Mm -hmm. to brew it even for yourself. Really? Yeah. I think beer, you can do it. Texas may be the one of the ones you can make it in, but there were like four, uh, four states that you were allowed to make it beer. You can brew for yourself, but, uh, distilled liquor, uh, 40, 47 47 states, any type of distilled Mm -hmm. spirit. Um, but Hey, I'm gonna give it a chance with maybe mixing it with a little something, but try uh, yeah. try
2: their uh, apple pie. Yep, yeah, you might change your mind. I might have to
0: do that, but it's yeah. kind of hard to, kind of hard to stop at that when you can walk on back and get a little uh, Knob Creek or Maker's Mark. So yeah, uh,
2: this, this four
0: roses. Oh,
5: this not is not true. true.
0: This is true. Or just run on down to
5: the Publix and get you some Cow Cow. No, you will not be able to buy it there. Where do you get your <laughs> cow cow? Uh I order it through Creo Brew. It's the company I like.
2: order. Uh-huh. Creo Brew. Like Creole, Creo C R E O. C R I O
5: B E R W, I believe it is. Okay. Creo oh. Brew. Creo Brew.
0: Oh, got gotcha. you. Yeah. That's cool. How about some news? Let's do it. Yeah, what do you have? Get into Joey into it. Like Joey's them. got, and tonight we have the Knife
2: Templars news. Take it away, Joey. Okay, I'm see, I'm trying to do my best uh, broadcast voice. Listen to your listeners. September 9th, Louisiana Custom Night. Featuring <laughs> Joe Joe the Gorilla and his motorcycle. No, no, we do have some knife news. We have some knife shows coming up uh, over here. Uh, the fourth annual Custom Knife Show in Jambalaya, capital of the world, where we focus on one-of-a-kind handmade knives. Louisiana Custom Knife Show, 2023, September 9th. That's going to be from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Doors open up at 9 a.m. Doors close at 4 p.m. It's going to be at the, in Gonzales, Louisiana at the Lamar Dixon Center. That's uh, 9039 South St. Landry Road at the Trademark Building, hosted by Louisiana Custom Knife Makers Association. Sponsored by Austin's Outdoors, Mr. Andrew K. Smith's Knives, Nichols Damascus, and HTP Legacy. Oh, my. Oh, All my. Right.
0: You're going to be selling some knives there, Joey?
2: I will be there. I have a okay. table. Yep. You can be nice. selling anything other than knives? I will be selling other things and knives. I'll probably you got be selling hooch be, under the table. No, no hooch, but I will probably have <laughs> some uh, spalted pecan, maybe. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Uh, Fingers I crossed, saw, somebody yeah, that,
6: that log. Uh, oh, that's plural. Yeah, six, Logs. 6,000 six, <laughs> six yeah. pounds of spalted pecan underneath your table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. So hopefully, uh, my brother Don, he kind of kind of gave me the rundown of what I needed to do. So I got some some anchor seal. I cut all the logs up and uh, got them underneath a tarp where they can sweat and get all the good fungus in them. So, uh, <laughs> so hopefully that turns out. I'll have some of that and I'll have some leather uh, sheets and stuff like that Nice. knives. Good, good
0: deal. Is that Joey and Don the
2: Riot Brothers? Joey and Don the Riot Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's, he's my brother. He's my brother. And, uh, well, and I mean, Brian. yeah, so you're like, yeah. that just
0: sounds like a really cool brand name or wrestling team or something, the Riot Brothers.
2: The
3: Riot
5: Brothers. <laughs> Tell me, if you,
0: were, if you were a professional wrestler, you would be the Riot Brothers.
5: Riot Brothers.
0: That sounds riot. good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's called play on names, you know, play on names. <laughs> Terry O spelled the Riot.
2: Yeah, the, people always try to pronounce my name, and I've been called... Therio, Theriot, Therio, Therio. Yeah, just, just go back to episode Therio, one. And me, me screwing up your name, yeah, yeah. Therio. Yeah. So I, I usually was like, look, it's it's spelled the riot, and then that kind of caught on, and everybody just started <laughs> calling me the riot. The riot. Well, I've got
0: some other good news. I see some guys. Your uh, your Templars uh, Blade Show shirts have arrived. Not yeah. that you have to wear them, but it's the official Blade Show oh, yeah. shirt. And just well, to describe what I'm seeing on here, these guys are wearing a beautiful white t shirt emblazoned with the Knife Templars logo that says, I identify as a knife maker. My pronouns are. It will, it cut. will, it will cut. cut. And uh, on the back side of that shirt, it's got a nice QR code. So as they're walking through the shopping mall looking for facial cream or whatever mm-hmm. antiperspirant people can walk up behind them and QR code them without even, uh, bothering them. So Just curious. Where do I you, have uh, those made yeah. custom ink.com, which probably isn't the cheapest way to do it, but they do a really nice, good job with quality. And, uh, I will say that, um, I use custom ink for a lot of things, but I have a relative that's a screen printer. So if I want to get things made in mass, I typically, uh, will go through them. So, Thank you, guys. Uh, you look good in them, so I'm 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 very tickled and honored that you're no, wearing. Thank them. you. That, no, that was no, 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 great. No, no, yeah, appreciate no, no. it. Hey, I've received uh, so many really nice things from you guys. Everybody except Josh Ferran, he's never <laughs> he's never given me anything, but you guys have given me so many nice things uh, as we've as we've been friends. It's uh, it's just fun to give back. So you uh, you guys are good friends. The last little bit of news we've got tonight is guys in a little over 30 days june 2nd to 4th at the atlanta cobb center blade show featuring eric rivers will be brought to you by the editors of blade magazine by the way i've been seeing all of these (laughs) i've been seeing all of these beautiful knives of yours but i've been seeing all of these knives being put into blade magazine and i don't want to jinx you but, Joey, these knives you've been putting out lately, Eric, your knives, Otis Sears, Mark, Don, your knives, I'm sorry, they're as beautiful as anything I'm seeing in Blade Magazine. Uh, and and yeah. I don't i don't put myself in that category by any means. I'm just saying, guys, um, and, yes, and Chris Jones,
4: gosh. That
0: yes, go ahead.
4: That's the one that I'm showing you all, this is actually getting submitted for uh, Blade Magazine. Wow. The, with the carbon fiber and all that stuff to go in there. I have uh, the dude that takes all the pictures, take pictures of it and see about getting it put in there.
2: Wow. Good. Yeah, was, I've got a couple of them. I was fixing to say that um, I was told by a knife magazine editor at the last Louisiana Knife Show that if you want your knives to be posted in these blade mags, that you have to have professional. Check by Coop. You gotta have professional pictures. It could be any photographer who submits the photos to the magazine mm-hmm. editors. Now, there's yeah. no there's no guarantee that you blades will be put in the magazines, but find a photographer that submits to the editors. And uh that's the yeah. only that's the only way you're gonna get a shot of getting your blades in a in a blade mag. Well, well here's what I would
0: say. If there's anybody listening out there from blade knife or whatever magazine that's out there, I think you need to do an expose on the knives Templars and, and get into our minds and write a story about us. Hey, there you
3: go.
0: let Otis Steer write a story for us and he can submit it to you. Oh, I want to hear this um,
3: story. I want to hear it. Yeah, it'll involve a,
0: it'll involve a Panther and some, uh, some, uh, micro fractures and steel, but, But, uh, yeah, if you're out there, you know, I'm thinking you need to do a expose, a a good three pager with some photos of the knives Templars and, and get us out there so we can further connect the community and also connect them back to you and the great things that those magazines do, uh, electronically and in print. So if you're going to go, it's the number one knife, uh, community, and uh, it's globally recognized with exhibitors and legendary makers, and they're all gathering under one huge, gigantic, gigantic roof um, with a selection of blades, knives, outdoor gear, and accessories, Uh, some of the most beautiful stuff in the world. So you can shop hundreds of exhibitors and hold the world's best knives. I held a $10,000 or $20,000 knife there um, briefly, very briefly last year and uh and you're going to find the newest blades they're going to be one of a kind knives antique swords and so much more uh and uh you can attend the free after party each night in the blade show pit where food and drinks are available especially if you're hanging out near kyle daily, on, daily yes and, and if you and, and, yeah. and i'll have you know i bought my parking Buy your parking in advance because they fill up quick, guys. So I bought me a couple days in the red deck there. And make sure, because you, you have to put in your times, if you're planning on staying a little later and going into the pit or whatever, uh, you want to uh, make sure it, you set your exit time from those parking decks uh, longer than how long you'll stay there and to socialize with some of the makers and other folks like you down in the pit. And uh, also make sure you get in your rooms because they're filling up. I could not get a Friday round around there. I could have gotten one a few more miles out, but I figured I'd just drive in real early uh, Saturday morning and be there Friday and, um, and Sunday. So make sure you're prepared. So just go to bladeshow.com and you'll find maps, ways to sign up. You can also uh, get your parking while you're there right off the site that will redirect you to a link and you will have a good, 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 time and uh this year odysseer and eric i'm not bringing my friend um because last time we got incredibly lost and uh, i'm not letting him do that to me again uh and he didn't really do it it's just i didn't pay attention to where we were walking because uh he was leading so i figured he was um and uh and i'll be in the red deck so i know exactly where to go find my car what a story that was
4: (laughs) hey it worked though you you made it
0: I lost six yep. pounds doing it, and, uh, <laughs> and that, was all, that was all water weight, all water weight. Hey, um, <laughs> it's a good time. People should go attend Blade Show. And, hey, while you're there,
8: yeah.
0: uh, go out and see Pop's Knife Supplies. Uh, Andy Roy and the team are looking at uh, – and the other uh, three owners are looking uh, to say hello to people. They're always a great bunch. Go out there and hit the people at um, Ameribraid. Uh, go out and hit – All of our sponsors are out there and, uh, and catch up with them and, uh, see who's sending those great products your way and support them. Guys, don't take credit cards. Why not? They don't take credit. Credit cards don't work in there. You're not going to get a phone to work. You're not going to get a credit card to work. You're not going to get Apple pay to work. Take some cash. And in this, in this particular case, Otisir, take some cash before you get there. <laughs> yep. Take some cash before you get there. And Otisir, I do agree. You should carry a buoy because it's the finest fighting weapon out there and a uh, boot knife if you're going to be carrying cash. So right, that's when I'll say take a long knife <laughs> and a chopper,
5: Eric. Go ahead, Don. I uh, just want to let you know, uh, Barry Bladeworks, our good friend, Luke Barry, will have a table at Blade Show. That is wonderful. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. You're gonna have one there. So yeah,
0: I'm I'm looking up and writing down the table. I think our buddy Josh Faran's gonna have a table there. Oh, okay. Yep. Yes, sir. Twenty-one P. All right. Yeah, we can remember that because everybody on the show always has to take a pee. And with that in mind, let's take a little break. Everybody, run to the bathroom. We'll be right back. <laughs>
2: Hey listeners, let's take a moment today to thank one of our sponsors for today's show. And that sponsor is Ameribraid Grinders. Eric and Kevin over at Ameribraid have sold thousands of these grinders. And they are super nice guys and their customer service is excellent. I would know I've been personally using their 2x72 grinder now for two years. And it has changed my knife making to a whole new level. So if you're in the market far or looking to upgrade from that 1x30 or 2x42, then give Ameribraid a look. There, you'll find they have three packages of grinders to offer. They have a mastery package, a foundations package, and a get grinding package, in which all of them come at different price points. So I'm sure you'll find something that'll suit your needs as a knife maker. Also, Ameribraid has a ton of innovative attachments for their grinders. So listeners, you can find out about all of this at www.ameribraid.com. Go give them a look. See what they have to offer today. And now, back to the show. Hey,
0: welcome back. And uh, the question of the day is, has yeah, anybody really ever know. used green liners? Does anybody have any information on that? Yeah. yeah. Don, Don, what do you have to say about green liners?
5: I, I'll tell you what. I, I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. I put it on this knife here, and I kind of like the pins in the green. It kind of pops everything on this black, you know, so it does yeah. look pretty good. It's ain't a is big like, green uh,
4: bright green.
5: It's kind of like a, this regular, like a egg green, um, Mm. like a, not a fluorescent, but a regular style green.
8: Yeah. It's
5: kind
0: of like, that's kind of a great
5: knife to walk through the forest with and slip out of your pocket. That's one of these Pinto knives right here, babe. Ah, you feel comfortable in the wood (laughs) with this one here. I promise you. There you go. If you had an edge on I ain't sharpened it yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Josh, Josh, we have to ask, what did you do wrong? Josh, why did you have to get up and run away? (laughs)
7: <laughs> oh I, I had to go get a reload <laughs> oh we that, thought that I, I, well, I thought
0: i heard somebody's wife screaming and next thing you know you're walking away from the screen here so
7: <laughs> you know it's it's funny oh that was my yours my wife literally <laughs> just <laughs> fell like two weeks ago and messed up her knee and she fell again yesterday trying to go downstairs Ooh. so yeah that actually might actually happen so if you hear you screaming and i disappear that's it.
0: There you go. Joey's wife was yelling. I think I heard her say, "Joey, where's my maker's mark? My bottle's missing." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You're you've got you've got a sweet wife, Joey. I you know I'm just joking when I say that. So How about some feedback? Here we go. We're going to get into it. I told you Come on. about the Swedish, the Swedish, the Swedish. I like to say that. Swedish. Swedish. Everybody say that. One, two, three. Swedish. 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 Yo, Johan from Sweden. Johan from Sweden. Johan from Sweden. He's a longtime listener and a very wonderful guy. Uh, Matter of fact, I think he's um, part of the YouTube uh, chopper knife challenge. for mm-hmm. the non, non, uh, what do you the call it? The viewer section? The viewer section. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here it is. Johan says, hello there. Longtime listener and hobbyist bladesmith from Sweden here. I would gladly be a part of the nice Templar nation. Happy face. Here's a link to my Instagram and it's instagram.com slash Foggerland bladesmith f-a-g-e-r-l-u-n-d best regards johan fagerlund but i will tell you guys you can uh, just go to the click on the Knives uh templars nation and you will see his link on the page and you can go right to his instagram page he's a great 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 scandinavian knife maker really seems like a wonderful good guy and johan come on the Templars Nation. I know that right now in Sweden, it is 8.02 here. So in Sweden, it is probably about three in the morning, but we can get you on at 2 a.m. if you want to come on the Knives Templars. I know most of my uh, friends from Norway and, speak, uh, and Sweden speak English. So Johan, you want to be on the show, we'd love to have you as a, uh, a nation member. Got another one from our buddy Gene. He says, Hello, where does a guy buy a knife templar t-shirt? Question mark. Oh. Yeah,
1: good one.
0: Yeah,
6: that's yeah. a good question.
1: Good question.
0: Well, I said, Gene, thanks for your question. We are working on a show design and hope to have one out in June. If you're a maker, give us your Instagram and a photo. And post on our partners page. So, guys, I'm going to be working on getting together a knives templar design where people can go out and get singles and stuff without having to pay too much for them. It's going to be kind of hard to carry an inventory of such things because they don't they won't move as as I would want them to. But uh we will look for an opportunity. So if you're out there, seriously, drop me a link. If I get enough people at knives templars at yahoo.com saying I would like a shirt. Uh, I will respond to everybody and get your size. And if I can get up to ten or fifteen people, I'll be happy to go ahead and place an order. Probably run around. a shirt or so. Uh, but, but if you're looking for some singles in the future, I'm going to try and set something up for that as well. So if you want to get in on a group order where you pay, it comes shipped directly to you. Uh, just send me an email at knifesimplers at yahoo.com and I will get you hooked up. So we're getting lots of good feedback. Uh, each episode, guys, we're growing, uh, like I said, up to 30 countries. Uh, our listenership is increasing. Uh, sent you guys a link today that, uh, uh, on the Microsoft uh, Bing, we came up uh, in the top three uh, on the search engine. We're on the first page on Google and and Safari. Uh, we're just right at the first page. Uh, we are on the first page with uh, a link I had through Shagman Niver, but uh, we're continuing to grow. And that's uh, all the people that are visiting. We're uh, getting about 1,000 visits a month on the website, and we thank you for that. And with all that, I've got to go get another Coke. We'll be right back. All knife makers need abrasives, plain and simple. Here at Knives Templars, we're proud to partner with Phoenix Abrasives. I used to get my belts from another company, but they spent more time on marketing than they did customer service sometimes taking two plus weeks to ship my order. That's not the case with Phoenix Abrasives. They're obsessed with committing all of their resources to customer satisfaction. Whether you're using a 2x72, 2x42, 1x30, or something else, they've got you covered. They even carry rhino wet sandpaper. So go to phoenixabrasives.com and enter promo code TEMPLARS10 for 10% off your next order. I hope you guys refreshed your drinks as well while we were out and you're listening to us, or if you're driving in your car or you're wasting time at work with the uh, AirPods in your ears and dancing to the knivesamplers.com when you should be working. That's okay. We appreciate that too. Just don't let the boss catch you guys. I got some exciting stuff. Are you ready? I'm ready. ready. Josh, is your wife sitting down? So we don't want her to fall over the next 20, 30 (laughs) minutes. He's I want you couch. to run off here. All right. All right. Cows are fed. Dogs are on the, you know, everything's good, right?
7: Yeah. Milk the cow, fed the chickens. We should be good for at least a little while.
0: And the even heat is uh, turned off. It's not out there running. You don't have to get up, go check it's, it.
7: It's running a temper cycle overnight. So we should be good. <laughs> so
0: We're okay. So at least you know where you're at. Okay. I just don't want, oh my gosh, I left it on. I got to go check. Guys, the Maker's Mark. Here we are, Pops Maker's Mark. You know, and uh, meeting Andy and meeting all those guys, I I met Mr. Uh, Barry over at Batson's. They are such a good group of people, and they have allowed us to use their name and work with them uh, and put together the Maker's Mark series where we recognize uh, new makers, uh, makers that are, are people that are thinking about making, and some of the best makers out there. And my goodness, did we get one uh, this episode. We have got Josh Ferran, who you can find at www. At joshofalltradesblacksmithing.com. You don't have to put in the www anymore, just so you know, guys. Do you know that? Yep. My dad doesn't believe that. I have to tell him every <laughs> once in a while. Dad, you don't have to do that no more. Hmm. Joshofalltradesblacksmithing.com. Not only does he do that, he races cars. He's an engineer nice. in the engineer and in automotive industry, racing cars. He's the guy behind the wheel.
4: Nice. I nice. awesome. love that.
0: Eric's, Eric's, Eric's a car guy. He's going to love that. He's a blacksmith. He's a leather smith. He's a fabricator mm-hmm. and he welds. Hey, uh, Josh, when I need you to weld some uh, rods onto my, uh, steel, so I can send it <laughs> yeah, to go. use. I'm going to just run those down. I'm going to run. I'm going to run those down because I don't have a welder yet. I'm going to run those down to Coleman, or maybe you can come up and bring your welder and do that for me. I
4: need to get
3: a welder. And Did you say steel? Awesome tool to have. Yep.
0: I said steel. 5160. Oh, oh, that that, that, steel. My, with micro, that steel with, I, with I, micro I, 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 with micro I, I, fractures with micro fractures. Yeah, with micro fractures. I, 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 yeah. Right. yeah hey uh i'm gonna be working with josh howard to make myself a power hammer here uh in the coming months so yeah I talk, i'll be mixing i'll, talk with josh I'll on be mixing Instagram some about
2: uh making a power hammer so uh, oh yeah it's Don't already you get ahead works. of me buddy all <laughs>
0: well,
8: well,
0: oh, well, fudge that's the worst you will ever get at me all fudge um i think josh <clears throat> likes puppies you I like do. puppies, Josh? I do. They're they're amazing. I see. It says something here. Also, also puppies. What is yep. it about puppies, Josh?
7: They're fluffy. They're soft. Do they're you have great. puppies? I do. <laughs> <laughs> do, you raise, do you
0: raise? Do you raise? Okay, that's yeah, that's uh, where I got the also puppies at. I just yeah. and Care Bears. No, no, no. <laughs> He uh he is the Forge and fire season 9. He's a veteran season 9. I episode filmed it 11. season
7: 8 actually. Wiener. Like it, it was supposed to be season 8 episode 38 is what I filmed for and it aired season 9 episode 11.
0: Well, just so you know, I took this right off of your website and it says season nine, episode 11, Wiener, (laughs) W-I-E-N-E-R.
8: I'm going to have to get that
0: spell check going. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding because I would put your name out as, uh, Judd or Jude of all trades or something like that. And Gary Graham, my hero,
8: uh,
0: he, uh. He corrected me, and I had to grab. I got there and put Josh of All Trades. So no, it says winner. <laughs> That's okay, my man. Dad welcome calls to the show. John. Welcome,
7: welcome. Appreciate it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I I call my sons different names too. Welcome to the show, man. I uh, when I met you, I thought you were just the humblest, nicest guy. You walked up and we're talking, and I don't know if if Josh Howard introduced us or you just started talking to me, but I was like, you made me feel so comfortable. In an environment where you can be overwhelmed with all of this stuff around you and all of these people Absolutely. that had their trailers down there and were speaking the language and you're this is your first in and you're trying, you know, it's kind of like walking into a classroom as a transfer student, you know, in the fourth grade and everybody's eyes are on you. That's, you know, we get that anxiety feeling and not that I was there per se, it's just uh, you were just one of those guys. You and actually Gary Graham both and uh, the two guys that were with uh, Josh, um and um is it Wesley Crum or Crumb from Mississippi? Yeah.
7: Yep, Wesley, Wesley Crum.
0: Yeah. yeah, Wesley mm-hmm. Crum uh was another one. But yeah, you really stood out as uh just uh, just an outstanding guy. Tell us a little bit about your journey, man.
7: <clears throat> well, I uh uh started blacksmithing about five years ago. Um I've always been making stuff. Um, you know, I, I learned how to weld when I was a kid and, uh, welded a bunch in my dad's garage and things like that. I got into college as an engineering major and I was part of the formula SAE team where you build like a miniature formula race car. And, uh, you know, I, I learned TIG welding. Um, I learned how to fit tubing, uh, fabrication, uh, machining, more running a mill and a lathe and all that good stuff and uh done a lot of like exhaust fabrication for race cars and suspension components and things like that um but uh, i always viewed blacksmithing as like the ultimate form of metalwork mainly because like with any other any other form of metalwork i mean you're you're taking away or you're adding to whereas like blacksmithing you're taking something that's essentially useless and making it useful um and you know you take something that looks like nothing and turn it into something and that's definitely the biggest draw i have to it and i started like i said five years ago i found the alabama forge council and um you know i i went there and You know, typical kind of like the stereotypical blacksmith. There are a bunch of a bunch of older guys there, but they were all like you expect them to be gruff and like you know, young guys showing up this that and the other thing. But they were super friendly. Um, They got me set up. um, I was making some hooks, and I I went home. I built a forge. um, Realized how bad i built the forge and then i built another one after doing a whole bunch of research and uh you know i still use that forge today in fact that it's a single burner forge that i do all my damascus in and i forged that 30 inch sword in that forge um and uh wow. i still use that wow. today and uh josh so, Howard so actually is are a guy you that the
0: do you lead me. oh he's such an inspiration to so many makers you know
7: he he convinced me to go on Forge and Fire. He came to a uh uh knife demo that I was doing for the Alabama Forge Council and uh I was sitting there yeah. um talking to him afterwards and he said, "You know, cuz I mean, if you hit if you hit steel with a hammer or you make knives or whatever, you know, you're bound to get asked, "Hey man, have you gone on the show?" And I had no intentions whatsoever ever applying to the show. And he came up and he's like, you know, I, I'm sure you get the slot, lot, but you ever thought about going on the show? And I was like, ah, eh, you know, not really. He said, he said, well, you know, I was on the show and, uh, it's done nothing but help my business. And I think you do really well. And so I hem-hawed about it for a while and my wife convinced me to actually like apply to it. And, uh, so I did yeah. and sure enough, uh, got selected and went on from there.
0: Well I can see why because your your work is uh is extremely extremely beautiful. Now do you lead the uh the Coleman chapter uh of the Forge Council? Uh
7: not not necessarily. Um I I send the emails out for the group meetings. Um, and uh, yeah. uh, we have 2020 with with all the all of the stuff that happened there kind of hurt our uh heard our forge um and it's been slow recovering and uh you know because our forge was primarily older gentlemen um you know some of them have returned some of them haven't and uh uh you know for their own concerns for health and all of that good stuff but um right um i've kind of between me paul and alan we've kind of like Tag team, just kind of keeping the Coleman forge going, and uh, we're starting to pick back up now, so it's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Well, let me ask you this: now, my membership is with the Alabama Forge Council, so could I attend meetings at your location as well?
7: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we. Uh, as long as you're a member of the Alabama Forge Council, you know you can go to any any of the forge meetings that are happening across Alabama. And you get access to all of the events that are going on. So it's it's really a good place to come and learn and uh, expand your horizons outside of just knife making.
0: Do you all serve Swedish fish uh, at your meeting?
7: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they, they melt in the forge.
0: Uh, well, I know they've got donuts up in Athens, so I didn't know if you served the Swedish swish, uh, Swedish fish. Have but, uh, yeah. So yeah, put me on before we yeah, before. Yeah. Barbecue. Before we uh, go any further, uh, put me on your mailing list because I wouldn't mind attending some of your uh, meetings as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I would certainly enjoy that. Um, and it's really kind of cool. Uh, I'm not really looking at it from a selfish standpoint. I mean, we all look to see how we can grow, but I've got Josh on my left and you on my right. And, um, you know, you guys got to hold an old man up by the arm. So you guys make me feel quite stable. And I just mean that you're just, you're just fun guys to <laughs> hang around. If you don't mind hanging around an old guy, I, uh, I enjoy you. Uh, yes, do. what do you guys got in the way of questions for Mr. Josh? Uh, yeah. What, do, what questions do you guys got?
6: You know, I, I don't have a question, but, you know, I think, you know, we were talking a lot about it a little bit before the show. You know, I just want to, to uh, you know, give a little information. You know, when, when I was down at that uh, battleship, uh, battle at the battleship, you know, I have to say, you know, n- not just Josh, everybody down there. But, you know, I was hanging out on the end. I had a chair out there and Josh was kind of on on one of the end forges at that competition. And, and you know, five hour competition and, and these guys trying to get a bunch of stuff done in a short period of time. but Uh, You know, I was still amazed on on how much they still uh, uh, talk to the the folks that were watching and give them information. And and I was asking a whole bunch of dumb questions. I'm sure he's like, probably like, you know, what's going on with that guy? But, you know, I'll I'll tell you like like
0: number one. Why is he wearing that tank top and that thong with those (laughs) rocks? That's right. right.
6: Go ahead. You know, hey, you got to wear what you got to wear. But uh, no, I'll tell you, you know, I really appreciated that. And, and uh, you know, I'll tell you for, for all the work that you guys were doing out there and that great work, uh, you, you really uh, also uh, catered to the to the spectators that were watching you guys, uh, you know, take care of business. So that was uh, it was a great event. job. And, and then I, I do have to say that, uh, you know, you, you got to put but tickets in a barrel to, to try to win one of those knives. And and all my tickets went in your barrel. It was, it was an awesome blade. So uh, <laughs> great job on
2: that. it, Man yeah josh um i'm looking at your instagram page i'm instagram stalking you right now um dude your work is beautiful like very very clean very clean how long you been making knives Uh,
7: a little over five like right around five years i think um maybe a little over wow. um i i started blacksmithing and then i i went back to work and i was talking about you know oh, i made a bunch of hooks and this that, and the other thing and my buddy he was like man you should try making knives i think you'd be real good at it and i was like uh eh, you know like like i appreciated knives but i wasn't like a really into knives at the time and um i uh, i kind of like hammered out something that was kind of close to a knife out of a piece of rebar and i was like okay that's that's interesting i wonder if i could do this better and then i tried it and then i'm like well i wonder if i could do this better and then i tried it and it just like snowballed from there Mm. and i went from kind of like you know i've got some pocket knives but now i'm like i'm looking at you know how i want to do my different grinds or like different damascus patterns and you know just going really deep into into the aspects of what makes a knife cool
2: <laughs> yeah having that welding and and engineering background a lot of guys transition into knife making right. you know it seems to go a little more easier the learning you know the learning curves a little shorter um, yeah, i
7: I definitely uh i have no like um know when to quit when it gets down to something that i'm interested in I, it's like going down a rabbit hole and i'm i'm gone
8: <laughs> you know
7: yeah. i, I nice everything day. you know a bunch of youtube videos a bunch of just talking to people um you know and, and I, I think you know i, I went to batson's um that chip was talking about and i took all my knives there that i had going at the time and mainly just to talk to all the mastersmiths there and just be like hey you know like this is what i'm doing what can i do better yeah you know and uh uh you always get nervous whenever you present something that you've worked hard on you know that like they're gonna say "Ah, well this is bad this bad this bad and uh last year at blade show i i i showed like Jason Knight, um uh Henning wilkinson uh Niels Vandenberg, um Josh uh um uh, I'm really bad with names. Um he does the um online knife maker course Royer Kyle Royer rather. Kyle Royer and Kyle, like Kyle Royer. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, a whole bunch of people. Like like any master smith I could find. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to um uh guy that does feather like i said i'm terrible with names i can point out their faces um but i talked to a whole bunch of them and you know a lot of them had a bunch of the same i even talked to kyle Daly, um and uh uh, all of them had very similar comments about what to improve on so uh, you know i I took that went back Mm -hmm. made a bunch of changes i took the knives to um to batson's and i talked to a whole bunch of mastersmiths there and um you know my biggest takeaway was um was like damascus etching tips and uh um maybe like a couple of ergonomic small changes um and other than that there was a a couple of like oh, if you do this on your she's, it looks cool, <laughs> you know? And so that was definitely a, right. a, a huge honor to, to talk to these people and them, you know, have good things to say and also some good, you know, constructive feedback on on
2: how to improve. And that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think that's a critical step in, in knife making for a knife maker is to, to do that. You have to Absolutely. have the courage to do that, to grow um, so yeah, I, put I, your
7: ego aside. <laughs> I pounce at the
2: opportunity. Yeah. I ever, every yep. opportunity I get, I try to get it in the hands of someone that's been, you know, either a master Smith like JW Randall or, or, uh, you know, somebody that's been doing it a lot longer than me and that I look up to their work, you know, and admire their work. So you need them to tell you, yeah, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime you get that positive feedback, where you know you you're 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 thinking that you're on the right path, uh, it's mm-hmm. always a plus. My uh, biggest takeaway from Batson's was,
0: uh, in addition to the anvil and uh, a couple new friendships, was, dang, I should have brought a fly rod. I'm bringing one next year. I love this little river.
7: Yeah, that river is oh. awesome.
0: That's uh, that's 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 one of two rivers that they uh, put trout in, in Alabama. So it's got a cool section, a cold water section in it. So
4: yeah. So I've time. got a question. Uh, how long, or how many times did you submit to get on Forged and Fire? Like, uh, how many times did you submit yourself?
7: I just submitted one time. Um, they, uh, they were running casting for season eight and um, I happened to, whenever josh came to the the meeting and was telling me about it uh, he gave me the the email for the casting and um i just sent an email and um they came back with like a questionnaire like you know do you know how to make damascus have you ever done canister can you do this that and the other thing you know they want to kind of fill you out and see where you're at on the bladesmithing adventure so they can kind of pair you up and kind of put you in a situation where you're you have potential to succeed um and uh i filled out the questionnaire and then i got an invite to uh an um, interview on on zoom and uh you know they they'll go through and they'll ask you you know how long have you been making what have you done this and how many knives have you made um this and the other thing and then uh they'll they'll go ahead and like simulate you're on the show you did this you know in your own words say say these things with these limitations and so they would ask you questions and you'd have to answer them and um uh it's just kind of to see how you like can take guidance on on answering questions and um then you have to submit a video of you testing a knife and uh I was like, I don't, I don't test my knives like that, you know? Like, and so, like, what, what am I going to do? Like, chop up a cinder block or, or what? But I, I wound up cutting down a, a small tree in my backyard. And then I picked up a leaf and I cut it in half and I sent it to them. And I was like, don't know what else you want, but there's that, <laughs> you know? And, uh, <laughs> i said that and they uh they wound up taking it and they said you know congratulations you're going to be on season eight of forging and fire and this was like i applied at the end of 2019 and i got accepted in 2020 uh, right before everything happened and um uh then i went a year there was no feedback whatsoever and uh <clears throat> i called josh almost a year to the date and uh because i wanted to just go up and just hang out at his shop and forge some stuff. And, uh, uh, I I call him and he picks up the phone. He says, are you getting ready to get on an airplane? I was like, no. He's like, Oh, I thought you were probably getting ready to leave. You know, I got a buddy that might be going up there. And I said, man, I haven't heard from them in over a year. I said, it's not going to happen. Um, literally the next day I was at a customer facility at the time I was working at a, engineering firm in Huntsville that does uh, reverse engineering and inspection through 3D scanning for the space, aerospace and defense industries. And I was uh, inspecting a, a rocket section and I was like wearing a harness and I was strapped up like 30 feet in the air. And I, my phone's ringing as I'm inspecting this thing. I pick it up and I say, hello, there's Josh. And they're like, hey, this is so-and-so with Forge and Fire. Do you have time to talk? I said, I would love to. I'm currently 30 feet in the air strapped to a rocket. Can I call you back? <laughs> and they're like, oh, gosh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's
8: I wound up calling back.
7: I wound up calling them back that night and, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, we want you to, um, come on out. Um, can you be a plane on a plane on Tuesday? And this was Wednesday. And I was at a customer facility that whole week. And, uh, I was like, Oh man. I mean like, yes, but (laughs) I don't have a whole lot of time to prepare. And, uh, uh, so I got off of work Friday, got back home. And like I had my wife pick out um, a random knife from Forge and Fire, like round one, and uh, I, I just wanted to simulate the whole situation. And uh, so she wound up doing a uh, karambit, and so I did. I, I forged out a karambit, he treated it, all that good stuff, um, and rough ground it in round one, and because my only goal going on forging fire was to get past round one. Cause I take pride in how I forge my knives. I try to forge very close to like final dimension and all that good stuff. And, um, I, uh, I was like, man, if I can just get past round one, I'll be happy. And so we did that. And then I did my first canister Damascus billet, which was a, um, uh, like just ba- small bandsaw blades that I had laying around and powdered steel. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> I then went to uh, Josh's place because he has a uh, big blue and even though it's a smaller one than what's on the set, I wanted to go try it out, get a feel for it, see what it hits like, all that good stuff. And I forged out a big like integral kukri with a full tang handle and, um, to get ready. I'm like, okay, that I should be ready for most anything they throw at us. And, uh, that seemed to set me up pretty well cuz i made it past round 1 i struggled a lot in round 2 because my knives i don't i don't make knives fast like i don't i don't claim to be able to make a knife fast um i take a lot of time i mean like i did a dagger it was part of a 48 hour build that took me about 90 hours <laughs> and uh uh you know like all of my knives i spend just crazy amount of times finishing because like the forging process for me is fairly like fairly quick once you get the hang of it and you're making a knife that you're familiar with you can turn that around pretty quick um it's just mm-hmm. the, the finishing i mean that is everything you know even if you do a brute to forge knife um which a lot of my knives um especially like my my um more basic quote-unquote knives non-damascus knives are typically brute to forge but even that, I mean, I spend way long just trying to make sure, like, my handle's right, my, my grinds are right. And, you know, I'm still learning as I go, too. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. So, round two was a struggle. And then round three was one of those things you hear it all the time. Like, everything goes wrong that could go wrong. I had crazy stuff go wrong. I, like, forge welded my drift inside of my pommel that I was making. I uh, I had a cold cut saw that... <laughs> dulled out on me i had to buy another saw um i ran out of argon and on top of that the pedal on my tig welder stopped working because that happens right <laughs> like, you know it was just one of those things i, I did two damascus billets that both filled i was in a borrowed forge that had a cold spot in it because i was worried about making a big knife in my small forge um and uh i wound up after i after i threw away two damascus bullets, i just went back to my forge and finished it out and i did a mono steel blade but um yeah it was it was and, and like you know of course they've it's a tv show they don't they only have so long to show it but i mean like it was 35 hours of just chaos <laughs>
0: Hey, Josh, my wife is texting me. Uh, we've had a raccoon come through the screen door down in the family room. Uh, let's all take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
2: Majestic Forge is owned and operated by Brian and Kayla Horn in Rushville, Ohio. With many years of experience... Manufacturing two to five burner gas forges, Majestic Forge is your number one source for blacksmith forges, barrier forges, and specialty forges. They are dedicated to creating top of the line forges at a price you can afford. Majestic Forge has supplied forges to blacksmith schools, high schools, colleges, production shops, and TV shows such as Mythbusters. And Majestic Forge is the forge of choice for televisions, forged in fire. Knife makers are in luck as they offer forges that come with two or three deluxe burners. Here at Knives Templars, we are sure that you can find a USA-made Majestic Forge to suit your needs. Check out your next forge at MajesticForge.com.
0: Welcome back, man. i tell you what. (laughs) It is a mess down there. It is a mess. Um, she hit it in the head with a cleaver and, uh, she's cleaning it right. She's cleaning it right now. We're going to put it in the, well, we've got stew to make for the grandkids on, uh, Sunday for their birthday. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would have thought that I've been, uh, I've been wanting to go turkey hunting and get some uh, fresh meat for a birthday party. And dang, if I just didn't walk through the back door, but good. You're always talking
2: about me eating roadkill.
0: Hey, uh, it it wasn't roadkill. It it, it walked within 15 feet of the refrigerator. (laughs) Get
2: that
7: pelt, I'll make you a hat.
0: It's good enough well 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 you know what i'm a hat kind of guy you probably know so i may take you up on that let me get her skinned out uh just one second hey nancy don't uh don't uh don't freeze it yet i want to get the pelt off of it all right um hey um josh what a story (laughs) a bit better than mine um so it's really interesting uh your learning curve and Josh, you just guys have this natural talent. Um, and I, I, th- I think that cognitive ability, um, nobody just becomes an engineer. Nobody just knows how to move still. Um, there, you know, I've always heard somebody saying, well, those aren't heirlooms. They're just knives. No, I, I think that, um, whether you want to call something an heirloom or not, these things are wonderful pieces of art and, whether they stay around for 50 years or 500 or a thousand years. Um, it's amazing, uh, to see the learning curve, uh, for people like you and like Josh, who I know had started out a few years ago and has developed all the respect that you have had in the industry. Um, congratulations on that because you ended up walking away with a win telling us about, tell us about that
7: yeah it was a uh it was a it was probably one of the closer rounds that i had watched mainly because uh, you know both of our swords performed about the same the biggest thing that got me was the uh um the test for the destruction test was ceramic pots not clay pots ceramic and like you know these belts that we use um, to grind these hardened knives are made out of ceramic. And when they were swinging the swords, they were throwing sparks. And I was just like, well, that was fun. <laughs> you know, like glad I got to be a part of this. <laughs> and, uh, and I, it was goes funny my age. yeah, for real. And, and we went into the, uh, they had a uh, sharpness test, right? And I'm like, man, I said, as long as we're not like cutting a rug or something like that, maybe I'll be okay. I come out and they've got a rug freaking hung up <laughs> in a frame. I'm just like, Oh, oh great.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
7: and, uh, and, um, you know, I think, uh, it, it came down. I mean, like almost, almost swing for swing. We were about equal and, uh, it just came out and, you know, you have some chance to kind of talk to your competitor. And I was, I was with Cliff Ivy and he's a, he's a great, great maker himself. And, um, I've, I've since the show, I've hung out with him at his place and everything. And it's, and, uh, he's become a pretty good friend. And, uh, um, yeah, he, uh, he was talking to me. He's like, man, every time they pick your sword up, they're sitting there, they're swinging it around and playing with it and all this stuff. He said, when they pick my sword up, they just kind of pick it up and walk with it. And, uh, he says, I think you might have this one. And I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, like we're pretty close. We're pretty close. And, uh, yeah, just, it came down to the fact that like, you know, he, he, he had a very beautiful, cause we had to do a clover shaped pommel and, uh, he made his pommel out of a hardwood that looked beautiful, but, um, it, it didn't provide any sort of like counterbalance. And, um, you know, I did mine out of wrought iron which came from like an old ship chain anchor chain. And, uh, uh, it wound up putting my balance point in like exactly six inches in front of the guard. Um, and, uh, I did a lot of research ahead of time on like, you know, how thick were these swords? How long were these swords? Um, you know, where was the balance point? And there was actually a website that sold a bunch of old, like, um, tibetan swords which is what we had to make and they're like oh it's it's you know 0.19 inches thick and uh uh you know the balance point is six inches in front of the guard um cloche pommel this kind of wrap blah 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 blah." i'm like okay well i'm gonna stick to what they were doing because they know better than me this is the first sword i've ever made and so you know i had a scale while i was doing everything and i was checking the balance point i i was worried i thought it was like almost too far forward but it wound up being perfect and uh uh you know that was the biggest takeaway was the fact that the sword was balanced and um easy to use and that was the 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 separation mm-hmm. between me and him and uh you know not to say that his sword wasn't awesome looking. He, he did like a cool blue backing technique on it. And, uh, he had that cool, like blue line running through his sword. It looked awesome. Uh, it just came down to balance.
0: And it worked out and here you are champion. You get the nice banner for your table when you go to play show.
7: There you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: yeah i would photoshop myself one of those banners but i think you guys kind of <laughs> hold that hold that designation close to your heart so i don't want y'all chasing me out of yeah. the, out of the convention center yeah.
7: <laughs> there, there's so many
0: that'd be there's like so stolen? many now
7: nobody could prove you wrong i don't think <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it would be a uh, knife makers version of stolen valor so congratulations <laughs> to you <laughs> Yeah, it was <laughs> congratulations to you on that for sure Appreciate for it. sure um yeah so you've got the uh, blade show coming up now are you also are you a full-time maker or are you still engineering for a living i'm uh i'm
7: part-time so i do uh I, I work two weeks on two weeks off as a design engineer for a race car manufacturing company that's based out of ohio actually oh wow mm.
0: Now, do you travel up? Are you able to work out of the house or just wherever you're needed?
7: Uh, I've been, initially I traveled up, you know, just because like, you know, you gotta, you gotta know the people you work with. You gotta know the the product you're working on. And so I spent the first like six months, um, working two weeks in Ohio, two weeks at home. And, uh, you know, we've got yeah. a couple of really awesome people that work for the company. Uh, one of them used to build any cars, and um i mean like you talk about experience and fabrication and like you know just a wealth of knowledge um and here i am i'm like yeah i like to use crayons on my computer screen you know (laughs) and you know i built (laughs) i built every single car i raced right and um so i mean i i understand suspension setup i understand car vehicle dynamics all that good stuff um I used to race professionally for honda um, ran the volunteer race team out of the honda manufacturing of alabama facility um drove in pirelli world challenge uh, and every single car that i raced i i was built you uh-huh. know was involved with the building of it and which led me perfect yeah. into this situation and uh so being able to work with this guy that's built cars that i could never dream of you know being involved with um and actually have some relevant experience you know we actually get along very well and you know it's as an engineer uh, i might upset a lot of engineers when i say this but you got to put your ego at the door because there are people that have been doing this successfully a lot longer than you've probably been engineering and uh there are a lot of engineers that think that they're the best at everything you know i went to college and i've got a degree well that is great and congratulations proud of you but at the same time you know there's a balance there of people that have experience and if you can work with those people take their advice put it into your designs you know you'll find that you actually end up being way more successful and create a much better product in the end and that's pretty much what we've been doing with these cars that we're building is you know he's got all this experience on, on building all these things and you know i pretty much take what his experiences and i I take, okay, well, this is what works based off of his experience. Here's our packaging constraints and I make it fit. I make it work. And you know, when we build it, we work together and you end up with a good product in the end. So.
0: Um, I'm not sure if you know a friend of mine, it's a driver. Um, he ran the, uh, 24 hour enduro from, uh, uh, Wichita Falls to Atlanta last year. Uh, he was driving for Porsche. His name's
4: Eric Rivers. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That was a fun
2: drive.
4: That was a fun drive. There's nothing like driving a car that you can't recline the seats in.
7: Yeah i did did the one lap of america and uh it's a it's a week-long event and you drive the car you race and and it's 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 the evolution of the cannonball run so it started off as a cannonball run and then brock yates was like hey there are a lot of people doing this and they're dying on the streets you know let's take it do the same concept we'll drive across america but we'll hit these racetracks along the way and you know it's a week-long competition and like what one day you might be in three different states doing events and uh and so it's like you wake up in the morning if you get sleep you wake up in the morning you go to the track you're there by 6 a.m you're you get in line you run your three sessions and then you leave and go to the next track run your three sections and then you might leave and go to another one or you go to a hotel and then start over the next mm-hmm. day and you drive the car you race and so yeah we had we had you know bucket yep. seats and all that stuff and we did it in a honda odyssey and an, and an acura mdx and the odyssey was turbocharged made 532 wow. wheel horsepower yes.
0: wow. yeah. nice hey are you and are you and josh howard pretty good friends yeah I think from here on out I'll be calling you the Joshes because the Joshes. you guys have. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that you have a lot of similarities. You know, you've done different things, but there it's your skill sets and your look on life. The only thing you both need to uh, coordinate hats. Either both of you need to go with the bat, the the baseball hat, or you both need to go with the fedora. Um, but. Um, <laughs> Man, you guys are so much alike. I was like, uh, if you're not friends, I need to introduce you. Or number two, you need to get that, whatever is, the differences you all have behind you, because you guys just look like you'd be a dynamic duo. Um, kind of yeah. like Night at the Roxy movie, you know, with the heads bobbing kind of thing. So, <laughs> we even had the uh, same remember shoes You a little movie? bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I finally found something. I'm not too old. Everybody's head's bobbing uh, to the left (laughs) or to the right. Uh, Well, guys, I tell you what, um, what a beautiful story. And and I think that uh, uh, Josh uh, can, well, I can't jump ahead of myself. I'm just one voting member. So uh, we're just going to go around the room and see uh, if you have convinced the uh, panel here you know, we're not we're not those easy Forged and Fire contestants. We are the Knives Templars panel. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, if you have convinced us to, um, yeah, to let you in, to let you in. So I'll start off first with Mr. Eric Rivers. Uh, Eric, uh, is he a
4: honorary Knives Templar? Uh, ha- had me a turbocharged Honda Odyssey. Yes.
2: <laughs>
0: Joey Terrio. Yeah. Joey, you still with us? I'm with you. I didn't know you said you were drinking, and I didn't, you know, to let you know, and I
2: saw your, I saw
0: your head down there, so I was just checking. So, yeah. Joey, what do you say?
2: Yeah, man. Absolutely. Joey's, yeah, man.
0: is going to go, oh, yeah, man. Let's see what here has to say. Yeah, boy. Let's go.
1: Oh, yeah.
6: <laughs> Mark? Yeah, I'd say he's a five hammers, knives, Templar rating there.
1: Yeah yeah, yeah i saw that I, I saw some uh, some tutorial for the rest of us that doesn't uh, do the well, hammering and stuff
6: i've
0: i've got yeah. a idea for you Otis, Here, you said you talked about moving at some point in time uh i lived right in the middle of josh and josh and you can there join you the alabama forge council and these guys will share with you all the time and uh i'll go next uh Without a doubt, Josh, you know, I've already expressed how I felt about meeting you and the caliber of person you are. Um, yeah, you're a fine addition to the group as long as, cause it has to be unanimous. And Mr. Cow Cow himself, he's taking a drink of the Cow Cow. He's getting ready. He's teeing it up. His arm is back and he's going to say, he's going to, he's throwing me some signs. Here it comes. Ooh, yep, yep. Yeah. There he goes. He threw it right down the center. You were in as a knives Templars. Sure and it. with that comes no t-shirt unless you buy it. We hope to get something out by June. You have you have no budget or spending authority whatsoever. Do not go to Jacks and come with me for a with a receipt for a biscuit. I may buy you a biscuit sometime, and that's just fine. But you have no spending authority, nor do you have any voting privileges in this because it is a dictatorship, and I'm the dictator. And yes, that is two words. Um, so. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did y'all get that? Was, you do, leave that in.
0: That was. That was. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that in. That wasn't bad. I, that, do I that. actually said dictator. <laughs> I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't sell that one at church. But I mean, I wouldn't cover the kid's ears because you, you gosh, didn't do that one last week. <laughs> You're exactly right. Josh, welcome to the team. And you know what? We've got another little bit of recording here. So I certainly hope that you stick with us. Uh, And uh, in the meantime, uh, let me go see how Mama's doing with that raccoon downstairs. Uh, We'll be right back. Going to get it in the fridge. Talk to you
8: later. (laughs)
2: Pop's Knife Supply was started 40 years ago and is owned by four professional knife makers. Andy Roy of Fiddleback Forge, Alan Searles of W.A. Searles Knives, Joey Berry of J.B. Knifeworks, and Dirk Lutz of Dirk Lutz Knives make a great team of owners carrying on the traditions and business started by James Poplin. Over four decades in business is a testament to the best customer service with same-day shipping on weekdays. Pops only charges actual shipping and any shipping differences are refunded on your orders. Everything you need to make knives from grinding, steel, penstock, stock, heat treating, and more can be found at Pops. Visit them at Popsknife.supplies. And now back to the show. All right. She
0: actually, uh Josh, uh, welcome back, guys. Uh she actually is scanned it out for me. I'll tell you what, from a girl from New Jersey. Uh you know, you give her a switchblade and uh, you know, there's amazing what she's learned once she came down to Alabama. She her family's from Baltimore, so you'd never know she grew up in New Jersey or accents, uh and and I met her in North Carolina. So she's she's pretty pretty, you know, even killed accent. You wouldn't know where she's from. But my goodness, I tell you what, she can skin a I told her you're gonna make me a hat, so just yeah, you you I'll bring it down to you next meeting. <laughs> Deal. So, so. Anyway, she left it. She left, she took, left the head on. So I do want the teeth in it.
2: A little challenge.
0: Yeah. See what you can do with that engineer, man. Yeah. And I'm sure anything you, I'm sure anything you, you touch is excellent. So, uh, so guys, let's move it on. Uh, we, uh, and by the way, go out and visit our buddies at, uh, pops because, um, they do so much for our industry. Hey guys, uh, I hate to jump right back into it, but this isn't isn't an advertisement, but I'm going to let you listen to my friend, uh, Jason Fry, because not only has he got a great book that's got hundreds of tips in knife making, out of the goodness of his heart, he's going to share one with us right now.
3: We'll be right back. Hey, this is Jason Fry. Today's tip comes uh, from my book, Knife Making Hacks, on page 46. has to do with eyesight. So let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, uh, I tried out for a uh, knife making certification, and I spent a lot of time working on those knives and tried to make them good and clean uh, to the best of my ability, and I failed that test. And one of the reasons I failed, there were several, but one of the reasons I failed is that I couldn't actually see but I didn't know that I couldn't see. So, as I record this right now, I'm wearing reading glasses. At that time, uh, I did not know that I needed glasses. So, tip number 47 there in my book says that your eyes are probably not as good as you think they are, and they only get worse as you get older. An Optivisor or reading glasses provide some magnification that will come in handy. You get to a point where you think your knife is clean, and then you'll put on the Optivisor and see all kinds of things that you missed that now need to be fixed. So I put that in there because I learned that lesson the hard way. And I'm telling you because I don't want you to learn it the hard way. I want you to learn it the easy way. Optivisors are cheap. You can see things in bright sunlight with a little bit of magnification uh, that you could not see otherwise with the naked eye. So today's tip is... Buy yourself an Optivizer and use it often. Check out my book, Knife Making Hacks, on my website, frycustomknives.com.
0: So welcome back, guys. And uh, uh, Jason Fry, I tell you what, he's got a great book. And uh, you can go out and check him out. Check him out on Amazon. Go out and get a copy of that book and uh, learn all the tips that uh, he offers with the experience that, uh, that he has, Jason's uh One great guy, and you can also find him at Blade Show in Atlanta here in the next month. He's going to be set up as a table as well. Um, Guys, um, Mark, uh, don't you live down near the ocean? I do.
6: I do. And when you think of ocean, you think of what? I think I cannot think of anything else except for maritime knife supply. And why is that? (laughs) Because you've told me that every episode. (laughs) <laughs> and, and i can learn i can learn no actually yeah it, i'll tell you i i've uh, you know it's starting to be one of my go-to places because uh, they just have so much variety and they have everything i need uh for uh you know for for getting supplies so especially those odd little uh, you know whether it's you know pins or fasteners or, or or some of those things that are hard to find so uh it, it's becoming uh, one of my go-to uh suppliers and if you want to go there, what website are we going to go to? Ooh, Maritime, maritime CA. CA That's what it is. Is
2: in you
4: Canada? Uh, it is in the Canada.
2: How's yeah, the uh, how's the shipping? Uh, Mark.
6: Yeah, so last time I think I got shipped, and, and I yeah. think it was a little bit less than a week, maybe a week. Yeah, but
0: they don't they don't use ships. They they use postal service like everybody else. I know it's <laughs> maritime, but. You know they're using the postal service, EPS, and all that. Yeah, That's what I said. I,
2: I asked him how the shipping was. No, 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 no. He he was using an old person joke. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. As the boat, shit. shit. Oh. Maritime, the boat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got you. I don't get it.
0: You know somebody's going to go on. Somebody's going to go on Apple again and say Chip tries to make stupid jokes and the, <laughs> the podcast would be better if Chip just wouldn't make stupid jokes.
5: Oh, here we go. I'm a
0: dictator. I can make stupid jokes. And you know what? Because I can, who's my favorite listener out there? Probably Brian. I'll I'll give you a hint. It's time for one more Ooh. commercial. We'll be right back. has been making stabilized wood and other supplies for knife makers for almost a decade. His stabilized wood products have been used by many of the best and most well-known knife makers in the world. This wood, when turned into knife parts, are stable to humidity, water, snow, oils, and other materials that would prematurely wear out a knife handle. He works out of his shop in Tula, Russia, and produces natural wood products that are as beautiful as Russia's famed Fabergé eggs. Knife makers around the world will tell you that his block should not be cut and placed on display. Oleg has distribution centers in Russia and in the United States. He's shipping right out of the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. So if you're looking for something in the States, you can have it in just a few days. I guarantee you'll be excited to get your package that comes wrapped beautifully, already polished so that you can see the most beautiful grain and colors that he impregnates into each piece of wood. You can find Oleg not only on Facebook, but you can also find him at knife-wood.com. That's knife-wood.com on the internet. Go out and take a look at Oleg's products. I'm guaranteeing you, you'll be happy to put them on your next knife. And now back to the show. So, uh, yeah, for our for our one listener, welcome back, guys. For our one listener out there that says we have way too many commercials, guys, I know I pinched them in here to the middle a little bit, but I uh, just wanted to make sure I, I get them out there because these folks that support us are wonderful, including Maritime Knife Supply. Um, so uh, make sure that you go out and uh, visit the guys supporting us. <laughs> enough commercials guys you ready for uh uh some questions yeah let's do it yeah we're ready yeah, josh go. you ready for let's a question let, yeah all man. right we've got an we've got another expert on here tonight this is actually a very good one this is um on blade design and it says it's been said that good designs and makers evolve And I think that's kind of what Josh was saying tonight, how he's evolved. And certainly I've watched Joey uh, and Eric and everybody uh, just evolve. Even when I saw Eric's knives, you know, three years ago, making them, I was like, man, this guy is good. And then I look at him today. It's like, it's like, man, this guy is great. And it's, and, and, and back then you were great too. It's just, you've continued to evolve where you raise your own bar. And that's for yeah. each of you. Otis here. You just always been great. Everything I've seen you. I never saw mm-hmm. it when you, I never saw you make a bad knife. I've ever seen you. You seem as great. I have them. There you oh. go. So, um, <laughs> That reminds me, I saw a a funny today that somebody said, uh, I'm, you know, um, I want a knife, but I'm not going to pay more than $50 for it. And the guy responded back, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. So they had a picture of a prison shank, you know, so (laughs) I thought it was funny. So anyway, anyway, I didn't have any perceptions about design and I obtained, uh, the only suitable knife making material I could find and went to work grinding on it. I thought. Uh, there was no thought as to knife proportions or design principles. So let's talk about knife design, guys. And this is actually a question that came in for a, from a gentleman uh, named Zach. And uh, so he says knife designs evolved. He really didn't know what he was doing getting into it. His perception really wasn't there. Um, he just got a bunch of materials together and started doing it. So let's talk a little bit about proportions and what you guys think about when you're making and designing a knife. I'll leave it to you guys because I'm not as good as you when it comes to this.
6: Well, well you know, since everybody probably has a better answer than me, I, I'll start uh, and it can only go up from there. Uh, you know, I think most of the time for me, it's that, you know, the first thing you have to think about is what's the function of the knife, right? I mean, you, you, uh, Chip, you know, you made your, your turkey. Uh, what was that knife you made uh, for roll skinning the turkey? Over. Yeah. turkey, you know, so, but, turkey animal knife. Yeah. And, and so, so small, but small purpose. Right. And then, uh, you know, uh, you know, Otisiri does some, uh, you know, like has big knives for, for big purpose. So I I think some of them, you, you know, you have to, you have to start with what's the function. And, uh, you know, if you have the wrong kind of knife or the wrong kind of, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'd want to carry a machete up a, a 14,000 foot Colorado mountain climb, a little bit of extra weight. So um, I, I, think you just gotta, you know, start with the purpose in mind and, and then work from there, mm. you know, <laughs> or, or the, uh, I, I don't know, whatever, whatever that, uh, horror movie knife that Eric is, is holding up. In Eric's holding yeah. up something <laughs> that he uses. Yeah.
0: He's <laughs> Eric's holding up something he uses to chop, uh, cinder blocks in half. That's right.
2: <laughs> I think I, I read something where chickens were involved. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> was that you chip you wanted to know if that thing could chop a chicken oh oh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah
4: yeah and so. yes it can absolutely um i i'll put my my two cents in on the 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 knife profiles and stuff like that because uh, but whenever I first started making knives I just based them on what was simple enough for me to be able to make within my wheelhouse <laughs> and uh you know, I've been a knife collector for a long time prior to making knives, so I had a rough idea how ergonomics should be and putting a knife in your hand and how it should feel and thinking about hot spots and stuff like that. So it made it a little bit easier, but I can tell you right now, I, they had simple bubbles on them. Nothing was crazy complicated. Uh, I put too many finger choils on too many knives. I, uh uh created you know a a whole bunch of stuff that probably wasn't super useful but worked uh made about 46 neck knives and uh and then kind of kind of went from there but the, the the big thing for me is i'm lucky enough that i do it on youtube so i get to watch a bunch of game footage and see what i'm doing wrong see what i'm doing right uh and watch myself make knives for hours upon hours upon hours and go you know look at it and think oh i should have done that differently oh i should have done that differently oh that was cool we did that okay now maybe i should modify this and a lot of people really can't do that they make the knife they sell the knife knife's gone uh and you're trying to remember what you did right and wrong on it just purely off memory and you know i get to watch hours of footage while i'm editing the the build videos and all that but the the big thing for me was understanding what handles went on what knives so you don't need a fighting crazy uh handle on a chef's knife that some of them were cool stylistically and as long as you do the handle profile right you can have the cool curves and shapes but what handle goes on a chef's knife what handle goes on an edc uh what blade links are you really looking for when would you use a scandy grind or a saber grind or a full flat grind are you planning on the knife t- being able to strike a ferro rod what type of knives would you use for that what creates better sparks on ferro rods you know th- there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and i'd say if you're going to design a knife make the knife use it yourself for a while and then go, okay, that's a good profile. That's something that works. And then kind of go from there. Uh, the hard part is if you just create nothing but one-offs, it's it's really hard to perfect something. And uh, you know, I suggest people make a little bit of batch knives. Make make four, five, six of the same knife, and you know, get your consistency down. But the big thing is again, putting it in your hand, try it out and uh, don't be afraid to look at other people's knives don't think that you're not allowed to look at google and go oh okay that's what they're designing for these particular things you know look at everybody's stuff you're not copying anybody nobody's made the most unique knife ever everybody's made that knife 12 times exactly
1: (laughs) yeah with that said right um i was just thinking a little bit and um from the beginning of time when we started using knives, it has um, uh, a particular purpose and a particular shape and design that is what we understand as a knife. You can grab a knife that was made two 3,000 years ago. You see it in a museum and you see it's a knife, right? It may be a double edge. It may be a dagger or something. But you can clearly understand that it is a knife, even those that were uh, flint like, right? right? You know, mm-hmm. stone-made uh, knives. You can see that it is a knife. Um, what we do today is nothing unique. Like you said, uh, Eric, uh, you know, every knife that, is, that it is have been made already several times. So there is nothing unique. What is unique, uh, I believe, is the way each of us um, put our own little spin, our own little finish, Um, Mm -hmm. the the materials that we use for for the handle and sheets and everything, right? Uh, But the main basic design for a knife, I mean, it's been out there for millennia. So, you know, we had this conversation before where Oh, you copied this harpoon fin from this guy? Get out of here! That's been out there for very long time already, right? So don't. In the same thing that Eric and I saw at Blade Show, oh, you can take a picture of it, but you're not gonna be able to make it, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: right? Mm-hmm. I mean, nah, 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 nah.
8: It's, yeah.
4: Uh, I- I want people to make the stuff that I make. If I, if that's the reason why I film it and put it out there. I, I love it when somebody sends me a picture or a video showing their version of my knife or their version of that thing. What they decided to do, there you go. what they decided to change on it. I think that, there that
1: is there. You go. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Their version, my version of this particular knife, right?
4: hmm
8: mm-hmm.
1: and, and that's what it is. I mean, the main design is already
7: there. Yep. Yeah, I think that if you actually go around and and look at different knives that you find attractive as far as like design goes, um, you know, find aspects that you mm -hmm. like and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you can you can take those and blend them to different things. And, um, you know, some you'll find that some things work well together and some things don't. And like the only way you're going to know is to, to do it and um use it yep, you know make it make the knife use it and, it. and yep. Yep. uh you know if you like it great you know if you don't like it or you're like uh it looks cool but it's not super practical you know like one of the you know like oh i need to move this facet of the handle forward or backwards or it needs to be wider it needs mm-hmm. to be thinner or whatever you know like just make it like don't don't worry about don't don't kill yourself with the details up front just make something make something that you find attractive and cool and and then use it and figure out if it's useful or not and if it's not make those Mm -hmm. adjustments that you need to make and next thing you know you're gonna have your own style too like there are so many people that that worry about developing their own style but it it comes naturally like you're gonna make the stuff you like and um you know that may mimic somebody it probably more likely than not will mimic somebody because there's only so many ways you can make a knife right But at the same time, you know, you do something and like those aspects will show through because you have a design preference that stands out to you as a person. Make the knives, figure out what what you like and what you don't like, and boom, there's your style. Like, don't don't overthink it, just make knives.
0: So what you're saying, if you like it, keep it. If you don't, sell it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always sell them.
7: Always sell them. Yeah. Don't keep them. If you can sell them, sell them because the problem is you get too precious about it and you hang on to this thing like, oh, it's the greatest thing I ever made. And then you'll never make another one.
0: You sell oh, it, you I'm have thinking. to make
7: another one. I'm
0: that's thinking, it. you know, I just made this knife with a five inch blade and a two inch handle. I don't like it. I'm going to sell that. One. <laughs>
3: so,
0: so, uh, so yeah, there's that's, that's some great advice, uh, all the way around guys. We're, we're approaching our two hour mark here. So I want to, uh, jump into a couple questions here. The first one, actually, there's only one answer to it and I'll answer it for you, um, Otisir, uh Fist Blades, and I guess a name Fist Blades, this is an appropriate question for them. They say, if you had to make a knife as a weapon, what design would you make? Okay, odyssey a long one? As a weapon?
1: Yeah. Um, what is the uh, intended use of that weapon? Is it going to be like uh, sneaking around? Is it uh, going to be uh, beating the bush? You're going to...
0: Uh do you want to call Fist Blades and
2: ask him or <laughs>
0: I've only got what I can go on here man. I'm just thinking uh, you would have said, I mean, you know,
2: technically all knives are weapons. I mean Yes. No, they are tools once
1: they're used. <laughs> well, mine is called my a weapon.
0: My little uh turkey knife is called Nine. death by a thousand scratches, so <laughs> I don't think it would be a good knife. <laughs> Oh, All yeah, right, actually, just, they're
2: both. They're tools and weapons.
0: It kind of goes back to design. It goes back to if you make it and it feels good, keep it. If not, sell it to whoever you're going to fight. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to
1: make one that is a strictly strictly a weapon, right? I would probably say some kind of a dagger. Okay. Some kind of a dagger because you really going to have a hard time skinning a deer with a dagger, right? Or processing your um your okay. dinner using a dagger, it can be done, but it's not your mm. preferred uh tool, right? I mean, I have a, a itty bitty dagger that I made uh to um mimic the uh, FS commando, right? Mm. And I Weird. would you you will not catch me trying to process any food with that thing, right? Because you're gonna yeah you're you're gonna stick it. Somewhere you don't want it, and so if you're gonna go for some kind of a weapon, man, that is strictly a weapon—a uh, dagger.
0: Yeah, I don't really like to yeah, make Otisir. weapons, Otisir. but Otisir. I was I, I just when I got that question, I was like, well, there's one for Otis here. I can see him running around in the uh, forest now, deer hunting with his k-bar uh, strapped his you know, Otisier version of a K bar strapped to his side. Of course, Eric has run off to his thousand knife collection. He's walking into the screen now. So let's see what he is. He got the Darth Maul.
1: Let's see. Oh, Oh yeah. He got the Maul.
0: Let's see what he's got. He's, we're giving you some play by play. The headphones are going back <laughs> on. Eric got is preparing contact. to speak contact. and he is now going to show us what he has brought to the table. It is a, it is I called moment. it. You <laughs> make the play. I called it. It was the Darth Maul.
4: <laughs> that. Nice. Uh, that's what you take. Oh, got gotcha. you. Go.
0: <laughs> Eric is holding a two-bladed dagger. Uh your hand goes right in the middle kind of like a Darth Maul and uh it chops, it slices, it dices and it purées. Or Oh yeah. And he's got a Negan <laughs> a Negan bat. No, 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 uh, no, no. Not quite no, Negan. Not, I know bears. it's I know it's not Negan. Excuse me, Negan. Uh but it's close enough. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that, that
4: those are those are what you take whenever you're just trying to absolutely uh, have something that would be considered a weapon.
0: What the world <laughs> needs now is love, sweet love. We don't need no fighting. <laughs> we just need to be prepared. We don't actually need to fight, guys. We just have to exercise your Second Amendment and uh, and just live peacefully. There you go. All right, I have another one here from Morton Hookstad. Morten Hochstad, what hobbies do you have besides making knives? Hello from Norway. Well, hello from America.
6: Morten?
1: I'll go first again. Um, photography, bird photography, um, landscape.
0: Yep. <laughs> I was just seeing if you want to take a picture of that. Nah, the, the bird
1: oh, photography. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was bird. Yeah, I don't want That's to take cool. to that bird.
0: A couple, couple birds flying by there.
1: Uh, Just so you so, know, uh, Chip was trying to uh, chip was trying to show me the birds. I, I, I was, was no, I was, was not. I was one. saying,
0: I was saying, photographers are number one.
4: Uh,
1: there okay. you go. Yeah. Well, you had two, so uh, number two.
0: No, you're number one or eleven. Maybe it was eleven. <laughs> I will tell you, you make you take beautiful photos, Otisir. Here, I, I always enjoy seeing not only your, your bird photos, but the, the ones that you take around in uh, the countryside and with family and this, that, and that You're excellent in that. Who else has some uh, interesting or weird hobbies?
4: <laughs> not, not weird, just cars. You know, I wish that YouTube would, uh, I wish that the, the YouTube subscribers would love watching me do stuff with the cars because, man, that, like, there's so much stuff just that i could show people but they are so hell-bent on me only making knives that uh and whenever i release something about one of my cars that i'm building or something like that they're just like all right yeah that's that's cool can you cut something with that car
0: have you have you you thought about you know that guy you know that guy that pours go
7: ahead josh oh i was gonna say that's why i uh i've got the josh of all trades in fact the logo there you can see is a needle and thread for leatherwork, a compass for engineering a hammer for blacksmithing and then a wreath and then a helmet for racing and so it gives me kind of like a uh a, an excuse to post whatever the heck i want
4: <laughs> yeah so oh, eric
0: yeah. I think, you know, I'm a marketing genius in my own mind, but here's how you get your car channel up. You've got to make it interesting. Anybody can do a car video. Mm -hmm. You know that guy that blows everything up with gasoline (laughs) on YouTube? (laughs) Well, you don't want to copy him. You don't want to copy him. But you like cars, (laughs) knives, guns, and, um, and, uh, uh knives uh I th- cars knives guns yeah i wish in the state. youtube would
4: allow me to do that too yeah. so why don't you
0: why don't yeah. you do a car repair get the car up and ready have it pristine and then load it with tannerite out in the field and shoot it with one of your guns at the end of every episode
4: i tell you right now i would have million subscribers like that if i did that yeah. But I'm not blowing up one of my cars. (laughs) Uh,
1: Don't forget to put a whole bunch of knives (laughs) around the tenorite, okay? Uh,
4: They're all investments. I I, I buy the cars that I love, drive them for a little while, flip them, buy another car, drive it for a little while, you know, do all my stuff to them, motor work, suspension, wheels, interior, then I flip it and sell it to somebody else and use that money to buy another car have
0: you still got uh, the port have you got the porsche
4: you had last year still i'm not selling that car oh, okay sure. I was gonna say that was for a long time i put a i put a lot of work into it to get it exactly how it is now i wish again that people would be be interested in watching that stuff because uh it could refund some of the money because there's nothing's cheap on that car uh, but whenever I i'm doing my hondas like i had a 500 horsepower honda and it was insane insane Absolute blast, which is why I was saying that I love the the Odyssey thing, uh, and uh, I put out a video on it, got like 200 views, and uh, you know I I could put a video of me just a, a knife in the grass for 20 minutes. It, it it get fifteen hundred views.
0: Have you thought about? Uh, I've got I've got another another great idea with you. Uh, have you thought about eating ghost peppers while you work on cars? Because that tends to have a lot of views. Yeah,
4: good idea. Yeah.
0: You can learn <laughs> a lot.
4: Dude, I'm yeah. just going to start making knives in cars.
0: You can make <laughs> knives in cars. There you go. There you go. 2 <laughs> you
4: know, 72 in the passenger seat.
0: Yep. When we put a think tank together, look what we come up with. Who else, anybody else got any interest in hobbies?
6: Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think I've mentioned mine a couple of times on here. So, you know, I'm a, you know, I, 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 like martial arts and, and, uh, you know, been doing that for a little while. And then, uh, you know, of course my, probably the second one that I enjoy is, is just really doing some mountaineering, uh, you know, when I get the chance to get out to Colorado or, uh, um, you know, potentially Wyoming, uh, this year, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So, um, yeah, I really like getting into the mountains.
0: Do you ever put your coworkers to sleep at work by putting them in some type of death hold or something?
6: Yeah, not yet. I mean, I've only been there for like eight months in, in Mobile. I don't want yeah, we'll yeah, to, well, I was yeah, going to say, that, that, you, that would make like, a good YouTube call. channel just randomly going, <laughs> it would be a good, it'd be a good YouTube
0: channel. Cause you could just go around randomly putting coworkers to sleep and people would watch that. They like to watch those kind of videos too.
4: <laughs> the office MMA edition.
6: That's
0: right. That's right. Don, I know he's had other hobbies. Or has- yeah, I do. I
5: I got back in recently, got back in shooting my P- PCP air rifle. Um, yeah. Trying to do a little bit of that, you know. Um, I enjoy that. A lot cheaper to shoot that air rifle than it does shoot my 30-06 or my. Yep, my, or anything three hundred mag. Right. Or, um, he, he's
0: preparing. He's preparing what, what, for the what, invasion of the iguanas.
1: What kind of PCP rifle you got, my friend? Because I got an I've been crown. looking into those things, and I wanted to get one. I just cannot justify putting six, seven hundred dollars on an air rifle.
5: Well, i more than that. <laughs> yeah, you have. I know, to.
1: but yeah, I've been looking at my expenditure level. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I once
0: cry once, Otis here.
1: No, 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 no. Uh,
4: most of them uh, are still- I I, I would I would be shooting ones with
1: the 30 odd six.
5: Yeah, one thing I like about what I shoot is uh like I was telling Joey the other day, um I can shoot on a hundred bar of air, I can shoot hundred and eleven shots. Oh wow. Twenty four cal I mean twenty five caliber. That's wild. And, I, need
0: to, I, I wouldn't mind getting one of those.
5: But you got to uh,
2: get ready to lay some money down.
5: Yeah, just got I, to. I like I got I'm in, not wasting it already. Yeah, I got into doing that probably a year or so before I started knife making. And, uh, I mean, air rifles, that's big out there now. I mean, there's a lot of shoots uh-huh. going on around the country. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's it's fun, and it, I can shoot in my backyard. My neighbor don't even know I'm got a gun. out was shooting 25
0: caliber, except except when his glass shatters yeah. on the
3: back patio. It's like,
0: what was that? I don't know. Did you hear anything? No. And that's There's what the they use. I guess yeah. the glass had a defect. it must have micro fractures in the glass.
5: And you know that's what they use, Chip, down <laughs> there to to, uh, to hunt.
0: Well, the up north,
5: a lot of your dairy dairy uh, farms they they hire guys to come in there and shoot all the pigeons and stuff like that out there because they yeah. cause diseases and uh, iguana right, right. hunting. I got a I'm belong to a Facebook club. It's called the Central Florida Air Gunners, and there's a guy, a couple of guys that go down to they have a service. They go down there and, and get iguana and uh, hunt iguanas because hmm. they're just iguanas, man. They tear up everything, man. Bridges. I mean seawalls everything down there so hmm.
0: I wonder if Josh Howard could make some money uh, barbecuing those things cuz he makes he some could. good barbecue. Yeah, eat them. Yep. Yeah, he could uh, fry up those little iguana bellies and turn them into little uh, uh what do you I call had them no them?
4: clue there was a iguana pandemic or epidemic. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it is terrible.
0: <laughs> that and, that and and and, and construction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, um me I've got a, uh, I got a love of country music and I've got, I love all music really. I listen to some weird stuff. And, um, but I've got a, uh, Gibson J 45. I love to play. I've got a, uh, Fender Stratocaster, an American Stratocaster that's butterscotch. Its name is butters. My, uh, <laughs> my, um, <laughs> my, uh, uh, J 45's name is Loretta. And, uh, I love to play those two instruments. I'm not great, but, uh, it makes me happy and, and, and they're fun. I'm also into, uh, uh, just about anything creative, kind of ADD right now. I'm working on a major motion picture that'll be coming out in June. And, uh, I enjoy, uh, writing y'all probably read a few of my Bigfoot lies online and, uh, stories I write. So I don't know. I've gotten a lot of things. I used to make fishing lures. I wouldn't call it a hobby. It was kind of like a pseudo-business years ago. And occasionally i still paint stuff for people, but I wouldn't really call it a hobby now. Um, but I would say my guitar, my knives, and uh, and just farting around with technology, like making movies and stuff. What kind of guitar you got there, buddy? Is that a Gibson? Oh, nice. You holding a Gibson?
7: I've got a, uh, I've got a weird obsession with cheap old japanese knockoff guitars i uh oh yeah 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 i don't i don't play them well but i do play them poorly
0: yeah what is that a knockoff of is that a knockoff of a gibson
7: (laughs) this one isn't even this one's not a knockoff i do have a japanese sg um knockoff but this is just a hollow body electric guitar um not all that great but i've got like i've got two random hollow bodies i've got a couple of the sg knockoffs and i even have like a lucille knockoff as well but uh it's just i I like cheap guitars uh, and it's it's kind of like a glutton for punishment kind of like my cars i've got a bunch of old datsuns and mazdas and things like that and all of them need work including my guitars and uh you know just no time to work on any of them
0: well, you know, Josh can do the barbecue. Uh, Howard can do the barbecue next year at Batson's, and you and I can get up on the stage and play a lot of uh, um, what are they call riffs. We can be we'll, our band will be called the Riff Masters. How's that? Yeah,
7: yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think we're gonna break any uh, records anytime soon.
0: <laughs> Joey, you've got to have some hobbies out there. You've been sitting there quietly. Let it
2: loose, brother. You know, yeah, food. <laughs> so hunting and fishing i do a lot of mm. a lot of hunting a lot that's of good. fishing uh, uh, probably most of you don't know uh, i uh i shoot competitively i reload I know that sweet um, what else that's about it
4: what do you reload typically like what are your what are your rounds that you're
2: uh, nine millimeter, five five six, 308 Winchester, 6.5 Creedmoor, 30 odd six. Um,
4: now here's a fun fact or a fun thing for you. Are you are you loading uh, to shoot? Are you loading to particular yards or anything like that? Or are you just
2: loading standard? Um, so I load nine millimeter in, in high volume. I have a a Dylan uh, XL 750 progressive nice. press.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So I load that. I can load a thousand rounds of nine millimeter probably in forty minutes. Wow! Uh, oh, if man. the press is running real good, which I've upgraded yeah. a lot of stuff, so on it, so it runs pretty good. Um, but rifle rounds. Uh, you don't want to load that fast. I mean, you can reload 5.56, five, um, but n- typically rifle rounds, you're re- you're reloading for precision.
4: Um, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Are you are you actually uh, loading it for a specific amount of uh, distance, or you know anything like that? Are you actually?
2: Um, with rifle like, rounds, uh, rifle rounds, you're looking for a particular muzzle velocity that you uh-huh. want to achieve. And so, uh, they, you know, you know, they make reloading manuals and you'll follow the Sammy specs, uh, for the particular powder you want to use and the bullet you're using. And so, um, I got in, when I got into six, five Creedmoor, uh, reloading because of the design of the case, um, these guys were loading these really skinny, long bullets in it. And they, um, there's so many aspects of reloading, but anyway, there's, uh, you can play with the, uh, the ogive, you know, your, uh, your cartridge base overall length from the ogive where the bullet meets the lands and then yep. back away your bullet from the lands, which gives you more volume in your case, which ultimately, yep. ultimately gives you more powder.
8: Uh-huh.
2: And so, uh, I've played with that a lot in my six, five Creedmoor. Uh, but I've shot my Creedmoor out to a thousand yards. Uh, nice, wow, yeah. And go uh, ahead.
4: I've been doing a 300 blackout, uh, going from the like actually, you know, uh, renecking them, doing all that stuff. Uh, so going out collecting brass for two, two threes, mm-hmm. and then uh, actually reloading them in 300 blackout. So. Going through the whole process,
2: yeah. So you neck, and, uh, you're necking them up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It,
4: it's a it's a fun process, and it saves a lot of money because you're looking at a dollar fifty a round on three hundred blackout yep. if you're actually getting brass rounds and everything. Yep.
2: I tell you what, three hundred blackout is <laughs> something I, um, I I built my all my ARs that I, I have, um, and three hundred blackout is something I want to build. Um, yeah. It's a very, very versatile round. The round was designed for close quarter battle, uh, mm-hmm. CQB, but yep. uh, just the the broad range of weights that the uh, the round has, um, yep. it, it's what's really appealing to me. And so um, I'm I'm probably gonna end up building an upper for it and trying to play That's around nice. with it do it I, I i've done a lot of those uh,
4: i'm working on a pistol right now uh set up for one and uh oh yeah
2: I, they're 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 good
4: yeah and want... use it uh, subsonic with a can
2: yeah yeah uh, yeah. yeah. I, I have a 30 cal can so uh i um i just use that for my 6.5 cream more and all my 30 cal even my 556 which I find my 30 cal cannon versus my five, five, six can the 30 cal can, I guess because of the volume Mm -hmm. inside Mm -hmm. of it, it's, it's a little more suppressed. It's a little bit quieter. Yeah. Cause, uh, even, even the, uh, the Doppler radar I have when I, when I chronograph it, um, you can even tell how, uh, the decibels, uh, the difference between the two. But, uh, so yeah, that's, most of the most of my hobbies i could sit here and talk about them for for hours oh yeah
0: well i tell you um josh uh i know he's got a hobby of uh, he likes to make uh guillotine uh foiler fo- fuller's uh tools for um uh anvils uh hardy hole tools uh or sometimes he'll make a spring one and he loves to make them and give them away to folks so uh, josh i need one with a uh one inch, uh, to fit in one inch hole. So, um, next time you make one as a little hobby there and looking for someone to give it away to, you know, and, um, <laughs> I'm your man. Yeah. And with that being said, guys, we have hit the two hour mark, uh, two hours and 15 minutes recording, but probably uh, two hours mark by the time I take away, uh, all of my spoken typos. Uh, But hey, guys, I want to let you know it's been another great episode. Uh, Maybe we'll stick around for a little bit of uh, post-show. But to let everybody know that if you have questions, comments, product review, show, and guest ideas, uh, we want you to subscribe and email us at theknivestemplars at yahoo.com. You can DM us on Facebook at the Knives Templars Podcast scoop And you can also visit us at knivestemplar.com to stay up to date with everything that we are doing. We are sponsored by the River's Experience. Last Blade Standing. We're waiting for them to come out hopefully soon with a season four. Knife-wood.com. Go look at Otisier's wood. He's willing to show it to you. Ameribraid. And the Templars 100 discount for savings. So when you're in the checkout, put in Templars 100 for an additional $100 savings on a uh, grinding package. Majestic Forge, some great forges. Byford's Guns here in Hartsell, Alabama. Pops Knife Supplies. Maritime Knife Supply and our friends at Phoenix Abrasives. And you know what? If you put in Templar's 10, you'll get 10% off your order there. We are available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Amazon, and Castbox. Got some great resources uh, for uh, social media. You can go to T R E Workshop on Facebook. That's Eric Rivers' uh, group out there. Got over a thousand members, and it's a very active, wonderful group. You can also tee up and head over to the Knives Templars. Podcast group on Facebook. We would also love to see you there. And I'll remind you uh, if you want to get in touch with us, just send us an email to theknivestemplars at yahoo.com. And guys, uh, that's all we've got for now. And this is the part in the show where we say ta-ta for now and good night. Say good night, guys. Good
6: night. Have a good, night. Guys. Hey, good night, everybody. Good night. Have a good, week. good night, John Boy. Good night. <laughs> we'll see you on the
0: next episode. Good to have you, man. Yep. Yeah. Appreciate it. Did Josh say
5: good night? Josh, no, thank, thank you, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did Josh say you good all. night? Tell. You said your mother's listening, though, right? Probably. <laughs> you can you can say you can, you can you can you can say good night, mom. Hey, good night, mom. <laughs> good night, there mommy. you go. Good night, guys. See you on the next episode. Bye.
8: Bye. Tranquility base here. The eagle has landed.
0: Here we are in the post show. That was a good show. I've got a bunch of questions that uh, have come in and I've got some other topics we'll have to save for the next one. But uh, man, it's amazing how quickly we can eat up two hours.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
6: Yeah. There was almost a uh, catastrophe in my house about a minute ago.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I saw that.
6: Raccoon? Raccoon? Well, almost that was, awesome. that was almost as bad my uh, the 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 wild bird that my wife has picked up off the ground and, and grew from like a, a hatchling uh and is three years old now just uh, and then can't fly fell on the floor uh, with the cat and the new puppy and so, uh, it, this, it, it was, it, it, it was going to be a bad, it going to be a bad night here. So, uh, but apparently the wife moves really quick when that happens. So, uh, you know, I got to take note of that.
0: So you, you, you rescued a bird, you rescued a bird three years ago.
6: Yeah, a bird fell. out. So in the horse stall, right, we have we have horses and right. uh, th- there was a bird uh, had a nest above the, uh, the stall and and one of the uh, hatchlings uh, like two days old or something fell out onto the floor. And, and so she picked it up and and brought it home to feed it. And uh, I named it uh, Squishy. Because it was almost squishy, <laughs> right? And then, uh, yeah, so uh, amazingly enough, uh, you know, so I didn't think it was going to live. She nursed this thing back to health, grew it into a bird. And then, of course, they couldn't release it because it's, it's uh, too domesticated at that point. But uh, so she bought, you know, it's kind of like you get the fish at the at the fair. And, uh, and so now we have had a bird for like three years. So uh, where does he, squishy
0: live in like a bird cage?
6: Yeah, we actually, yeah, we, we but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a house sparrow. Do you clip the wings or it just doesn't know how uh, to fly? Uh, yeah, so what we, so we wor- did clip the wings for a while. And then, uh, what we found out is that if it lives in a cage and, and, you know, the wings hit on a lot of stuff. So it, it bites, it clips his own wings.
0: Oh, I, I was going to say, cause if the bird, you don't do anything and it can't fly, we would just name it special K. Yeah, that's really it's definitely that's
6: got that. some issues.
0: No, that's really, that's a kind of a cool store. So it's a house sparrow.
6: Yep, house sparrow. Yeah. But was I there a regular sparrow to
7: begin with and then it became a house sparrow or? It's both. It's the, it's
6: the breed. It, it's a it's a it's it's actually an invasive species kind of breed, right? It, it, it's that one of those ones that kicks the eggs out of other nests and, and tries to, well, that's uh, like a, to take over.
2: That, that's like a, uh, what is that? Yeah, dodo bird or something.
6: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Yeah, they do that too. But I won't call him dodo. My wife's going to go and take one of my knives out and fix me. I already told that you can't talk about (laughs)
0: eating horses around his wife. That's right. That's right. I made a joke about eating horses and only he heard it and he got nervous
2: because
0: he thought he might might think it around. (laughs) Yeah,
2: he was trying to. Yeah, Chip was trying to say, I eat horses. And I'm like, no, man. I I, I rehabilitate horses, I don't eat them. Yeah, I'm looking have at this have, house. Have you ever here.
1: tried horse? What's that? Have you ever tried horse?
0: No, hmm. otisir. Let us know how. What? Tell us the story, otisir.
1: No, I'm just asking, curious, you know.
0: Have you ever had I horse otisir?
7: So. The leather from
0: horses
1: I is shell so.
7: Cordovan. I
1: believe. I believe so. Long ago, yeah.
0: I thought it was fine Corinthian leather. <laughs> I guess I'm too old, Don. They don't understand what That's, fine Corinthian leather is.
7: Fine Corinthian leather is nothing.
0: It's uh, fake leather they used to sell in the '70s for uh, Dodge or something. The car has fine Corinthian leather. Oh, it just it had plastic. <laughs> had plastic seats. It's like corduroy. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just. It was plastic seats with a leather uh, emboss in it to make it look like leather. Ricardo Monteban. Mm. I don't know, Don hmm. probably had one of those cars. He's a little older than me. Yeah.
8: <laughs>
0: so, it's a nice he, does, he does like puppies. Look yellow at that. Lamb. Oh, yeah, oh. Baby, right? there you go. <laughs> All right.
8: oh. Or is that a golden She's retriever? She's my
7: buddy. <laughs> She's a German Shepherd um, border collie mix.
6: And it, it looks like a lab. Full, that's, full, that's what it made. It, it a made a lab. Good job.
2: <laughs> so that's how they make glass <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: she gets golden retriever a lot too yeah. so josh what is this room you're in i see all this cool is do you have a wooden ceiling and wood walls or
7: yeah uh our house is actually a uh a cabin and uh the people that built it that we got oh. it from they they built it like the chinking in the logs is actually like the the wife of the guy that built the cabin she put that chinking in with a spoon like a kitchen spoon and she oh, wow. did all of the logs wow. everything and uh my wife and i we have a small um farm that we run and uh it's a it's it's 30 acres we've got um Two dairy cows, um, and uh, we've got a we've got our first meat cow, and then um, we've got chickens and quail, and we've got a garden and all of that fun stuff. And uh, we we found just this place so- because it had an awesome shop.
0: <laughs> well,
7: hey, just so you know, I've
0: been. You know youtube can take you funny places i've been watching nate the hoof guy for several months so with your dairy cows i can go through Who and take it? care of any white line defects uh yep. abscesses I've got the uh, aspirin powder that I can uh, and I've also got the uh wrap to wrap their feet so Perfect. and I've got a grinder I just have to get the attachment so you have any lameness you let me know and I'll be over to fix it. Well do. We got plants? we got our cows on pasture. Yeah, the they, cows. they have no hoof problems thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and actually, I know that from Nate, the hoof guy, your pasture cows should be just fine. But if they ever pick up a rock and go lame, you, call know, you. you can call me and I'll try it for the first time. I'll see how I do for <laughs> the first time, but we'll see how it turns out. Those videos are cool. They're crazy. Hey, they I are pretty cool. People. They're addictive. Yeah. Now, do you? Uh, did you? Did wasn't it you that's got like a thousand tomato plants to give away? <laughs> to sell yes <laughs> yeah we oh. uh
7: we actually we we were getting ready to plant the garden when uh we were going to plant most of them we planted extra just to um or started extra to sell and then when my wife took her spill it kind of kind of put a damper on our plans oh, as far right. as planting that and so we've we've uh we've set aside a mm. uh, a good amount i mean still hundreds of tomato plants and stuff like that, that we're going to plant. But, um, we've, we've started selling off some of those starts just because, um, with the, the knee injury that my wife has, she may, may not even be up and going by the time they're ready to harvest, depending on what we find out next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but you know, it's one of those things you're, you're expecting the worst, but hoping for the best and, uh, uh, but we're going to go ahead. This is a, you know, when you have a farm, you have to make a profit three out of five years. And so this is a year that we need to make a profit. And so we're going to, we're going to cut our losses and, and sell as much as we can, but still set aside enough for us to actually get planted, not just for us, but hopefully um, by the time they're ready to come up, we can do the farmer's markets and things like that and all that good stuff.
2: What, uh, what kind of variety you guys planting over there in Alabama? Oh gosh. (laughs)
7: Well, I don't know if it'd be easier or harder to tell you what we're not planning, but we, we do a lot of like heirloom uh, varieties. Um, my wife loves all the different varieties of tomatoes. We've got purple ones. we got pink ones. we got blue ones, black ones, red ones. Uh, I mean, they're, they're all over. We got green ones, you know, I you mean, it's, it's all sorts.
2: You plant both we, types and in, uh, intermediate and uh, determinant
7: yeah yeah we do we do both we've got a different range yeah, of boring. of each that you know that are determinate and others that are indeterminate and uh, also peppers yeah. um and uh we we were going to start a bunch of herbs but uh we didn't get to that but
0: well you know i saw that you know i went and planted us i plant uh just like you i'm a farmer i've got a, a garden it's about 15 by 15 uh Feet, And, um, I, uh, went to, uh, Walmart and home and uh, Lowe's and bought my plants this year. And, um, at the, uh, farm supply they've got there and, uh, they wanted like $5 a plant. I'm like, holy cow, I can, (laughs) I can buy this stuff. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to buy it. I'm just going to grow it. So if you guys want to make some money, you just need to find a Lowe's with something across the street, set up in the parking lot, just say tomato plants, $4 each.
7: Shoot. I mean, like we're selling our uh, all organic heirloom variety plant starts that are ready to go in the ground at $5, you know? So, I mean, we're, uh, for, a much higher quality plant you know
2: you're getting oh yeah good deal yeah, yeah. yeah heirloom tomatoes are yeah are
0: most awesome. of the stuff well it's it goes all over but you know i go down to union springs alabama and you've got a large i'm trying to think of the nursery that's down there that feeds all the retail and everything up you know throughout the southeast and everything but um um they're really pumping trucks out right now. Things going out, you know, going into home gardens and stuff, but I, I would Spartan love, season. uh, I'm not inviting myself, but I'd love to come by and visit your place sometime and just kind of see what you got laid out. Cause yeah. I'm sure I'd be jealous, but it just sounds like you're, you're kind of cool all around. You, you thought about getting on that show mountain man, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you live, you there live, you, you live, you got a lot going on. I mean, beer going. You, you, I mean, show. I don't, yeah, I don't think that, what's his name from North Carolina? Uh, Eustace has anything on you other than he lives on the mountain. Uh, We're on a mountain too. We've got actually, some small hills around here. It We're or not. Yeah, I was going to say, what what is the your, one you're called? What's We're called on Stout a, spot We've spot got Hartzell one. Mountain. There you go. You need to send in another uh, tape of you cutting down a tree or something and planting go. tomatoes to get on Mountain Men. <laughs> version two Now you sound mostly you sound just like fixing really cool
7: broken gear. tractors uh, is what i do as far as farming goes
0: uh, that's cool how do you har- harvest the tomatoes just you and your wife by hand or do you have somebody come in or yeah just just by hand yeah yeah hey what what farmer's market do y'all go to when you when you're working those
7: so we're uh we're we've got the uh festall marketplace in coleman but we also um are uh going to provided that we have stuff this year we'll be going to pepper place market i'm actually going to that's down in birmingham and uh i'm actually going oh, to be okay. doing a knife making demo at that farmer's market um it's it's a it's one of the larger farmers markets yeah. in alabama and um uh yeah it'll be neat they we were talking to the lady that runs it about our farm and then you know got into talking about like oh we have a whole street dedicated to just like craft work and i'm like oh well i make knives and you know it was on Forge fire this that, and the other thing and they're like oh would you want to come do a demo And I, was, and so the week after the weekend after blade show i'll be doing a knife making demo in birmingham so that'll be pretty cool hmm
4: so so what does a knife making demo like entail? what what, what do you what part of knife making are you going to do during the demo
7: so with this it's it's about like a uh maybe about 45 minutes so uh um, yeah i mean there's real, 45 minutes is only so much you can do so pretty much what i'm going to do is the part that everybody likes to watch i'm just gonna i'm gonna take a uh, you know, a bar of steel forge. and I'll probably forge out just a, uh, you know, uh, essentially forge to finish kind of brute to forge style knife. Um, if I have time, which I probably won't, I was debating on taking a grinder and just putting bevels on it to to kind of like finish the knife but um i'll probably just go through there's another forging fire contestant that's going to be there they do like a question and answer thing and so while i'm forging they'll be asking questions and then he and i'll kind of field field them as we go and then in the end I'll, i'll have something that they can kind of pass around and i was playing around with like um 5160 round bar just doing like a integral handle um to forge mm. style knife. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think that that'd be cool. And you could do something real simple with that. I, I've thought about doing that for uh local farmer's market stuff here. And we have uh, a big uh, gun and knife show that happens in my town. And I, I've thought about doing something like that, but yeah, I'll just a cool how this one goes. to forge integral handle. Yeah. I'd be interested in that, and 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 what you're able to get done in the, the the time that they allot you, you know. Yeah. I, I'd be interested in talking with you about that.
0: Josh, you see us all sitting here laughing, and I don't. Just so you know, <laughs> uh, it goes like this: uh, Mark has sent us a picture of his little. <laughs> uh, let me see barn house sparrow, and then uh, Otis here says, "I think they're tasty." Uh, I hear they're tasty. Donald says he's laughing. Uh, I say they taste like bald Eagle. Donald laughs. Joey laughs. Otis laughing. He said he never had. And then I sent him this picture of the bald Eagle and then Julia Child's holding up a, uh, eviscerated bald Eagle that she's, uh, eating. And then we go laugh, laugh, laugh. There's some monkeys laughing. And then, uh, and then uh, Otis here says he's thinking about eating Bald Eagle. So there you go. Just so we didn't want to, we didn't want to, as a Templar, we didn't want to keep anything from you. There, you I, sent, I
6: thought I sent it to the green room. I guess I sent it to the wrong Definitely one. Definitely not
0: the green yeah. room. You sent it on the, you sent it to the, we have a private chat, Josh. A super secret message. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's for, it's for business and stuff. They turn in their expense reports and stuff, and I reject them. Yeah. <laughs> there you, go. you you will get a shirt and nothing else. Now leave me alone.
2: Brought to you by House Productions. Oinky, oinky, oinky.
0: Hey guys, what was your source of inspiration when you first decided to make knives? You know, many go to the books and also some go to the web, uh, but many also head to YouTube for videos. Well, you know, we are fortunate enough to have Eric Rivers from the Rivers Experience as a co-host on the Knives Templars. But you know what? He's also a sponsor. And I tell you, 27,000 followers can't be wrong in following his skilled and educational regular videos that teach the fine arts of making beautiful knives. I know because I'm a subscriber to his channel and I learned at my pace and without making those mistakes by walking in the dark regarding knife making. Be sure and check out his channel, The Rivers Experience, on YouTube or his website at theriversexperience.com. And now back to our show. Looking for a brand new or used firearm in or around Huntsville, Alabama? Head on down to Byford's Gun Shop and explore their latest offers and deals. On top of a great selection of high-quality and affordable firearms to fit your needs, their staff will have you driving away with a smile. Biford's is a third-generation business that has been serving customers since 1971. Started by Joe and his father Ernest, the business continues to prosper well into the 21st century with Jeff Biford's knowledge and leadership. With brands like Benelli, Clock, Six Hour, and many others, you won't go wrong. Also, check out their large selection of AR-15s and hunting rifles and many calibers. Byford's carries ammunition, special installation service, knives, accessories, transfers, and customer service that's second to none. Stop in and see them at 510 Main Street West in Hartsell, Alabama or like them on Facebook at Byford's Gun Shop. Their team can be reached at 256-778-3111. That's Byford's Gun Shop where they go the extra mile to satisfy your shopping experience. Head on over today, they'll be waiting for you with friendly faces.